Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. For the second time and final time of the 2007 season, the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series competes on a road course today at Watkins Glen International. And just like its counterpart on the West Coast, Infineon Raceway, Watkins Glen features left and right-hand turns, but the similarities end there. They're both road courses, but they're almost like saying Bristol and Martinsville are both half miles, and they're the same. They're completely different. Drivers say Watkins Glen is faster. To me, uh, Watkins Glen is like a super speedway of road courses. Which requires a certain synchronicity between man and machine. It's a timing thing. You know, you're into the S's, you turn to the right, and you quickly turn back to the left, and you know, you kind of get into it the more you're there. You kind of get settled into a little rhythm. You really got to get into a good rhythm and good pace. And most important, have enough stopping power at the end. I'm going to try to manage my brakes, especially the first half of the race, and not uh, put myself in a position of running out come the end of it. The only way to bleed the speed off is either get out of gas sooner, which nobody wants to do that, or you just use more brakes. Seven Watkins Glen winners are here this afternoon, including point leader Jeff Gordon, who has four victories here in the Finger Lakes region of New York. 43 drivers, 2.45 miles, 11 turns, one winner. Live from Watkins Glen International, it's the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series Centurion Boats at the Glen, exclusively on the Motor Racing Network. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. The race to get into the chase is down to five. Just five races until the top 12 drivers in the sport will battle it out for the Nextel Cup. Today, we're in upstate New York for race number 22 of 36 for the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. This is NASCAR Today. Hello again, everybody. Jeff Striegel with you this afternoon, along with the entire MRN radio broadcast team. And we are at the Glen, an 11-turn road course that is sure to play a big factor in who gets into the chase and who does not. Kurt Busch and Dale Jr. a week ago, and despite Kurt Busch's win and Dale Jr.'s runner-up finish, Dale fell out of the top 12 to Kurt Busch. And don't count out Ryan Newman because he's right there as well. Everybody looking for a strong run, whether the championship chase is in their grasp or not. So what will it take to win at the Glen? Let's find out as we head to the broadcast booth. Brought to you by B.F. Goodrich to Barney Hall and Joe Moore. And Barney, we come to this Watkins Glen, the final road course of the year, and it poses many challenges for the teams and the drivers. It really does. You know, this is a very physical racetrack. Absolutely no place for a driver to relax when he's out there on the course. They stay busy all day long. They're turning right and they're turning left, which is a little bit different than the oval tracks we run on. They're shifting gears all day long, trying to stay on the course. And pit stops, Joe, are a lot different here also. They kind of flip-flop from the way they normally pit at a round track. Comparing this 
road course to Infineon where we raced a couple of months ago. This racetrack's a whole lot faster and therefore brakes become a very big issue. Yesterday we saw Kurt Busch lose an opportunity to win a race here because he lost the brakes late in the race and we'll see those situations again here today. Drivers talk about how they try to keep the car on the course and also save those brakes. As you said, very physical and the pitting strategy on a road course completely different than what we do in the oval. They figure the race out based on working from the end of the race back towards the front of the race you'll see so so many different complicated ways of planning pit strategy different guys will come in on different laps the goal is to make the whole race on two stops they'll be working on that from the drop of the green flag in the past we've seen guys come in as early as the very first lap of the race just making their planning out for the running of the race hoping it'll work out in the end worked out for uh, Kevin Harvick here yesterday in the bush race now if all that sounds like a lot of work for the driver and the crew Jeff it really is yeah, a lot of different elements that will play out in today's race here at the Glen. More from Joe and Barney coming up. Whether on the street or off the beaten path, BF Goodrich tires help you take control in any driving situation. So take control. Ask for BF Goodrich. And we mentioned seven drivers in the starting field here today have been to victory lane here in the past. Ricky Rudd won the event here in 1990. Kyle Petty in 1992. Mark Martin is a three-time winner. Came in 93, 94. Four and 95, and Jeff Gordon is a four-time winner. Tony Stewart's another three-time winner here, and Kevin Harvick drove into victory lane one year ago. Another NASCAR team announced a business partnership this past week, and in a moment, you'll hear all about it from team owner Ray Evernham. First, let's get you caught up on today's NASCAR news. Local favorite Boris Sedd will be in the starting lineup for today's Centurion Boats at the Glen. After rain canceled Friday's qualifying session, Sedd was out. But Bill Elliott has surrendered his Wood Brothers ride for today, allowing Boris to start from the tail end of the field. And with qualifying rain down on Friday, the starting lineup is set according to the NASCAR rulebook. So Jeff Gordon will start from the Bud Pole. Watkins Glen, you know, we had some races there for a few years where we were just dominant. We just hit on some things, you know, the competition caught up. And uh, here we are trying to uh, hope that that cycle comes back around, that uh, we at Hinder Motorsports found some things to get us back to victory lane. Yesterday, Kurt Busch started the NASCAR Busch Series Zippo 200 from the pole and dominated much of the race. But in the end, Kevin Harvick went to victory lane. It'll be his second road course win in a row in the NASCAR Busch Series. Harvick scores the win with Jeff Burton coming across the line in second. Kurt Busch is third, Paul Menard fourth. Brad Coleman, highest of all the rookies, he finishes in the fifth position. Let's check in now down in Gatorade Victory Lane. Kevin Harvey got that last caution flag. There's Kurt Busch behind you. He'd had a very quick car. Were you concerned at that point whether or not you could hold him off, or did you know that you could? Um, you know, I knew I needed to get a good restart. I knew his car was equally as good as ours, uh, it seemed like, in clean air. And uh, I knew it was going to be tough, and, and it looked like he slid the tire or something, got in there a little too deep, and and uh, just washed up. So it uh, all worked out good in the end. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series raced in Nashville last night. Travis Quapple won over Ron Hornaday and Mike Skinner. Time now for Jeff Striegel to talk one-on-one -on -one with today's featured guest. A lot of NASCAR buzz of late has been on mergers and partnerships. Roush and Fenway, Ginn and Dale Earnhardt Incorporated, now George Gillette Jr. and Ray Evernham have joined forces to create GEM, Gillette, Evernham Motorsports. And joining me right now is Ray Evernham, who has been sole owner of Evernham Motorsports since 1999 and returned Dodge to NASCAR's highest level in 2001. Ray, how are you? Doing great. Who is George Gillette Jr.? 
Uh, George is originally from Wisconsin. Uh, he is uh, a really personable guy. He, he has built a huge business, started out in the communications uh, business and, and uh, got out of that and got big into ski resorts and then has been the owner of the Montreal Canadiens, a very successful hockey team for uh, the past seven or eight years. Uh, most recently, he was in the news a lot for purchasing half of the Liverpool Football Club with uh, Tom Hicks from, from Dallas. And uh, he's just a great guy, great businessman, owns some car dealerships and lots of uh, other interest and, and been, a, been a race fan for several years. How did the two of you become acquainted? Well, as I started to look at what was going on in the sport and talked about having some partnerships, uh, you know, really started to, to put it out there that I would be looking for a partner, but he'd have to fit this criteria. George actually was looking to get more involved in racing, and we were brought uh, together by an agent who knew that uh, I was looking for a partner, and George had some interest in, in NASCAR. What led to the necessity to have a business financial partner? Well, if you look at some of the successful teams, you know, like Rick Hendrick and, and certainly Roush, Penske, they have a lot of business interests. The sport's grown so much that you've got to have business-to-business -business oppor opportunities for sponsors, and that's really not uh, my strength. My strength has always been from the racing side and organizing the people and getting that done, and our company's grown so much, it's spread me so thin that I wasn't doing a good job at any of those things, and I wanted a partner who understood business, who understood marketing, but really understood sports, so they really know that sometimes in a sports team you can't get the return like you're looking for in a business because you've got to invest in that to, to run better. Boom, here comes George and he's a perfect guy and, and uh, on top of that he's a really good man, he's a family man, he's a lot of fun to be around and uh, you know our personalities ju just fit really well. What will the race fans notice? Really race fans won't notice uh, much of, of anything except a little bit of a name change with Gillette Everham and hopefully our performance will go back much like it was last year. Those are the two things I want the fans to notice. Uh, you know, from behind the scenes, you'll probably see uh, our cars maybe used a lot more in different advertising, maybe some different sponsorships other than Dodge, uh, and uh, maybe some tie-ins with the Montreal Canadiens or Liverpool or, or, or some of the other business interests that uh, George has got, which is good for our other partners because when, when again, when you start to cross-promote and all of a sudden you you, you hook up with, uh, in Liverpool, they have an internet site that's 28 million fans on it for, for soccer. So, you know, you start to offer that to a, a Dodge dealers or a Stanley or Valvoline or people like that. They get very, very interested. All right, now to your role with this new partnership. You retain the title of chief executive officer, but what else will Ray Everham be doing? Well, even though I'll probably have uh, many of the final decisions as it pertains to, to Everham Motorsports, I am going to actively hand off a lot of the business things, uh, you know, marketing, sponsor relations, uh, just the, the management of the business, and I will go more uh, back to the competition, leading the direction we're going in, working closely with engineering, working on the design of the cars, the, the, the teams, my competition directors and things like that, be more involved in what it takes to win races and then what it takes to get it. And looking at, at, at not so much the day-to-day -day, uh, on the race cars, but where we're going to be at in three or four years with race cars. Your cars right now 23rd, 28th, and 37th in the championship chase, not the performance you expected. How soon will this partnership in the boardroom have a positive effect on the racetrack? Well, it's had a positive effect, you know, already, but it, it took us eight or nine months to screw this team up, and uh, it's not, I'm not going to fix it overnight. We are headed in that direction. I think you'll start to see our performance creep up slowly. I don't believe that it's going to be a revolutionary experience. It'll be evolutionary. It'll take us a little bit of time, but before the end of this season, you'll see our cars back up front. How many cars will Jim 
field in the Daytona 500? Right now, I'm working hard on our three cars. Uh, Unless we can prove that adding a fourth car is going to help the performance right away, that we need to work on the three that we have. Final question, Ray. How good will it feel to you to be on top of that war wagon as crew chief for Elliott Sadler this weekend at the Glen? Well, believe it or not, uh, I've kind of backed off of that. The last three or four weeks, I've had a a blast. I love to be on the radio. Since I ended my crew chief career with, with Jeff Gordon on a high, and I think the last race that Jeff and I ever worked together was the Bush race at Phoenix, and we won it. So I might not want to be an official crew chief ever again and ruin that record. Thanks for your time, Ray, and uh, best of luck to you and George as this partnership continues to grow. All right, thank you. That's Ray Everham. He last sat on top of the war wagon, barking out the orders in 1998. He was crew chief for Jeff Gordon. Counting down to the Centurion boats at the Glen for the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series, the second and final road course race of the year. Welcome back to NASCAR Today. I'm Jeff Striegel. Sprint Nextel is giving race fans the opportunity to win $1 million. Dean Kessel from Sprint is with our own million-dollar man, Winston Kelly, to explain. With Jeff, with Dean Kessel, whose Sprint team is sponsoring the Sprint Speed Million, and we understand that there's an opportunity to give a race fan a million dollars, and it's guaranteed. How does it work, Dean? Once we line up 12 fans with 12 drivers in the chase, we'll hand one fan a million dollars and another driver uh, the, the next Tell Cup Championship trophy down in Miami. So fans can go online and register to sprint.com forward slash speed, and they can also uh, go to our retail stores, do it on the handset as well. So there's multiple location points to, to register. And the chase starts in just a few weeks just after Richmond at New Hampshire. So how long does a fan have the opportunity to sign up? Fans have till September 3rd to sign up, and then we're locked and loaded. We'll take all the fans and line them up with all the drivers they selected, and then at that point, once we finish the start with the Richmond race, or finish the Richmond race, rather, we'll pull the names out of the hat, and we'll, we'll lock and load for the chase. Speaking of hats, you got something else up your hat, up your sleeve, if you will, coming up at Bristol. What's that all about? Well, we're going to do a card stunt at Bristol around the Sprint Speed Million, and we think with 128,000 of our closest friends, we'll set a uh, potentially a, a record for the largest uh, card stunt at a, at a NASCAR race. So we're looking forward to that. It should be a good time, and uh, fans will enjoy it. It's not the first time that a million has been given away in the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series, but it's the first time that it's ever been guaranteed. So be sure that you go to www.sprint.com speed and sign up today. Time now for the MRN Radio Flashback. The date was August 11th, 1991. The Budweiser at the Glen. Ernie Irvin withstood a last lap challenge from Mark Martin and drove his Chevrolet to the win. This flashback is brought to you by Valvoline. Valvoline, 100 years race proven protection. Irvin ahead of Martin now, making the short straightaway as they head to turn six. White flag will be waving at them this time around. If Mark Martin's got anything left, he better show it now. Lap traffic is going to come into play. Mark could have took a shot at him off the corner, but they have to wait until they clear the lap traffic and work back to turn one for the final time. Martin looks to the inside in turn number one, but Ernie Irvin squeezes down to the inside of the racetrack. They'll make contact on the entrance of the corner, and Martin spins. Now he'll collect Davey Allison. Two, three cars get by. Martin and Allison's machine sit to the inside of the racetrack as Ernie Irvin Scudders off to turn number three. Ernie Irvin comes for the S's. Looks like he's home free now with a couple of seconds ahead of the second place car. He makes it for the last time on the backstretch. And Ernie Irvin will ride home. It looks like at this point he is indeed by himself. Ernie Irvin, who began this year with the win at the Daytona 500 by STP, will take a win on the road course here at Watkins Glen this afternoon, outdistancing the field and the Budweiser at the Glen. 
The race was marred by a lap five incident that claimed the life of J.D. McDuffie. For Ernie, it was his second race win of the year. He also went to victory lane in 1991 in the Daytona 500. Coming up, you'll hear from a road racing ringer, that and more, when NASCAR Today continues. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Welcome back to Watkins Glen International for the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. Today, it's the car of tomorrow on this difficult road course. And when NASCAR hits the tracks with both left and right turns, the road racing specialists come out to play. And one of the very best is Canadian driver Ron Fellows. Ron is wheeling the car that's normally driven by Tony Raines. And he's with our Steve Post. Well, Jeff, this afternoon, starting in the 26th spot, picking up the ride in the DLP HDTV Chevy for Hall of Fame Racing is Ron Fellows. And, Ron, you've been one of the road race ringers coming in here for a lot of years. How, how much has being a road race ringer changed over the last six or eight years as you come into the Nextel Cup Series? not gotten any easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the competition in the Nextel Cup has gotten more difficult. The first time we came close to winning back in 99, it was, you know, you could, you could count maybe a half a dozen guys that you were going to have to race uh, on a road course. And now you can, I think you can count 20 guys that are potentially good enough. And, and it's just become that much more competitive. And, and uh, I'm fortunate here with the Hall of Fame Racing. This is a good team. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, we've been quick in practice. We've got our work cut out for us based on the, the rain out deal. But uh, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. You're in a situation where you got to run a bush car last week in Montreal. Had to run a bush car yesterday. Hey, does that help you? Because you probably haven't had a chance where you've ran three NASCAR-type stock cars in a row probably in your career doing this. Uh, no, Steve, you're absolutely right. It, it, uh, to make, make NASCAR back-to-back weekends for me is, is uh, highly unusual. So, uh, no, it's, it's good. You get, you get comfortable in the cars and get a little bit of rapport going with the crew, particularly with the bush crew. Although yesterday's result didn't show it, <laughs> um, but especially with the DLP team, the, you know, going through a, a test and then then Finian, you, you really need to get at least one event under your belt, and and then I think the everybody gets a feel for each other in terms of communication. You know, I, I get a feel for the car. Uh, the COT's been been a little bit different to deal with, uh, but Brandon Thomas, all the guys have done a, a great job, and and um, I can say I'm optimistic about today. Best of luck. Thanks, Steve. That's Ron Fellow starts 26 this afternoon. Jeff. It's 2.5 miles in length with 11 turns that are sure to keep the drivers up on the wheel all afternoon. Watkins Glen International in upstate New York Motor Racing Network. Glad to have you aboard as we bring you coverage of the 22nd race of the year, the Centurion at the Glen. A lot of activity down on pit road right now, Barney, and a lot of activity throughout this whole place. The uh, infield completely packed with fans and the grandstands packed. Huge crowd on hand for the running of today's race. And great weather. We're going to have a good a good afternoon here at Watkins Glen. Let's go down and hear from some of the drivers trackside right now. Boris said didn't get a chance to qualify a cup car because qualifying was rained out. But good things can happen in this business from time to time. And getting into today's Centurion boats at the Glen is quite a story. And Glenn Jarrett is there with him. Well, let's find out exactly how that happened, uh, Barney. Boris is a fan favorite here. In fact, he got his first ever Nextel Cup start here back in 99, his best ever cup finish. I think in 2005, a third. Qualifying was rained out. 
Looks like you were going home, but here you are in a 21 car. Tell us how it happened, Boris. I mean, I was basically just walking in Saturday morning to go to my Bush car, and uh, I ran into Bill Elliott, and he just said, hey, why don't you drive my car? And I'm like, yeah, call me. And I, I thought he was joking. And about 20 minutes later, Fatback came in and said, hey, you want to drive our car? And I was just couldn't believe it. I mean, in 44 years of living, I don't think anyone's ever uh, given me a good present like that. So, I mean, that's why I call him awesome Bill Elliott. Now I'm driving the Little Debbie's Air Force, you know, Wood Brothers number 21 Ford Fusion, so I'm pretty happy. Well, you seem pretty happy. Tell me, uh, you you get around this place very, very well. What's your favorite part of this racetrack? Uh, I like it all, but I think going into the inner loop. I mean, you're going 180 miles an hour, and then you got to go down two gears and bounce off all the curves, and it's just it's uh, really fun. Well, good luck to you today. Bar said start, starts 39th, and he's happy to be here. Winston Kelly? Well, with Juan Pablo Montoya, we always talk about when we come to Watkins Glen, the similarities and differences from here in Sears Point, and everybody talks about other than being a road course and you turn right, they're very different. How are they different from your perspective, Juan Pablo? I think Sonoma's a lot slower and it's a lot more rhythm. Where here is it's a lot faster and it's a little bit more simple. So it's, it gets harder here to pass people and stuff. Starting 18th, you got to pass 17 cars. That's a lot to get around on a road course. What are you going to have to do? Are you going to need pitch strategy to do that or what? Well, there's a lot of strategy involved and, you know, we're going to have to make some passes in the track as well. That's the thoughts of Juan Pablo Montoya as he just gets finished riding around this Watkins Glen racetrack, and he's set to roll off 18th in his big red Haviland Texaco Dodge. Now let's go down to Steve Post. Well, the driver that starts in the 29th spot, getting ready to climb aboard his Jim, uh, Jim Beat 4, Robbie Gordon. Robbie, fastest in practice yesterday. you got to be pretty happy with the race car going into today's race. We are pretty happy with it. Um, obviously, starting back in 29th is a, is a huge disadvantage. We didn't get to qualify. Uh, I think we could have qualified easily inside the top five, and that would have made our day a little easier. But we're just going to have to play it cool getting through traffic and uh, hopefully have a whole, whole race car left. Kind of race this race a lot like we raced last weekend at, at uh, Montreal. How is, where's the best place to pass here? Where's, where are you going to be making your moves moving forward? I can't tell you where the best place is to pass, but we got them all, we got them all sorted out, and uh, I think we'll be in good shape. That's Robbie Gordon. He's not going to tell us where he's going to pass, but... I'm pretty sure he'll do some passing here this afternoon, starting on the 29th spot, fastest car in practice, and I know he'll be racing hard to get to the front of the field. Yeah, he'll find a way to get up there because he is really a very good road racer. More in just a minute. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Back at Watkins Glen, let's go to Crackside and hear from more drivers. Tony Stewart will roll off from fifth starting spot today. There's no need to ask Tony what kind of race he'll be running here this afternoon. He's here to win. He always is. And he has a team and a car and the driver skills to get it done. Glenn Jarrett's with him. Well, Barney, Tony has a, a tremendous record here. Three wins and a second in the last five races. He leads in almost every category. He's the top-rated driver here. Uh, is it safe to say that you like racing at Watkins Glen? I do like racing at Watkins Glen. We... Uh, Seems like we always go really well here, and uh, you know our car's driving real good this weekend. So uh, hopefully, after 90 laps, we're going to be up front. Well, Tony, you all, I mean you're starting fifth position today, so you're starting up front pretty close. How is the car in practice? Uh, are you good enough to stay up there? Or can you get to the front immediately? I don't know. We won practice, which didn't pay anything, and uh, we didn't get any points or a trophy for it. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Today's another day, but uh, I felt really good. I mean, I stopped practice about 20 minutes early yesterday. That's how confident I was. So uh, hopefully, we'll have us a good day today, and. Uh, See you at the end of the day. <laughs> well, that nothing would please me more. Good luck to you out there. Thanks, sir.
Denny Hamlin starts on the outside of the front row for today's race, and he's already proven he's pretty doggone good on a road course. Ran well here yesterday, although he had some problems, and he won at Mexico City in the Bush Series a couple of years ago. Steve Post is with him. Yeah, picked up the win in the Bush Series at Mexico City. Starting on the outside pole here at Watkins Glen. Denny Hamlin with the FedEx Chevy. Denny, how was the car in practice yesterday? That was really, really good. Uh, you know, we spent one run really doing a fuel mileage run, and the other one going all out and seeing what the difference was. So uh, it looks like we can save maybe a lap and a half to two laps, but uh, that's the maximum we're going to be able to save. So hopefully, you know, I don't think we're getting the fuel mileage that some guys are getting. So hopefully a caution don't fall when, when we're in some guys' fuel mileage and not ours. This road racing thing, is this a lot of fun for you to get out here and make right-hand turns and left-hand turns? And, and also with the caliber drivers, not only the next Cup drivers, but the world-class drivers that have joined us here today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is very challenging. you got guys like Ron Fellows and Boris in the field. Uh, they're tough to beat. It don't matter whether they're in these cars part-time or not. So uh, you got those guys, and you got guys like uh, Stewart and and Johnson and uh, Gordon that uh, <laughs> tend to beat up on everyone anyway. So, uh, you know, I think we got something for him today. I think our car was very, very strong. So look for us to try to lead early. There we go. Denny Hamlin going to try to lead early. He'll start in position number two. Jeff Gordon for the eighth time this year will start from the pole. Qualifying was rained out, so the field was set by owner points. Starting up front on this racetrack is a big plus, and Jeff Gordon surely knows that. Winston Kelly's with him. Absolutely. He's been to victory lane four times here, but it's been since 2001. It's been either hot or cold. You won four out of five in one stretch, but in the last four years, not anything better than 13th. What's been the difference, Jeff? Well, we've had cars maybe not good enough to win, but definitely top fives and solid runs. Uh, we've just had some misfortune and some things that, you know, didn't go our way. You know, you got to have things go your way, um, you know, everywhere these days so competitive. But, uh, you know, I think uh, we've, we've been missing just a little bit. We've been working hard to try to get it back, and we got this uh, – uh, you know, good starting position because of the weather and our points position and that number one pit stall. We're going to try to take advantage of it. I, I don't think we've got the best car today either, but I think we can still win the race. How was it yesterday in practice? It wasn't very good. Uh, we struggled. Um, you know, this car is a very challenging car to get around this racetrack. I don't think it ever would feel good, but, uh, you know, we worked hard on to try to get the speed out of it, and we were missing uh, a little bit, made some more adjustments, and we're just going to try to out-team them today because we've got a great race team. Uh, and best car doesn't always win. We'll see what happens with the DuPont Chevrolet today. That's the thoughts of Jeff Gordon. He's set to roll off first today. Kind of unusual to hear Jeff Gordon say that we weren't too good in practice on a road course. After all, he's won, as you heard, four times here and five times out at Infineon. But he was talking the other day, Barney, about how things are so much different. We're using the car of tomorrow. Used to be you'd come to a road course, and a guy who had already had always run good on a road course was just automatically good because you had all the notes. The notes don't work with the car of tomorrow. Yeah, everybody's kind of on a level playing field and on their own. We'll see how it's going to play out here just a little bit later. Very shortly, we should be getting the green flag. Back down to pit road here for more drivers. Winston Kelly. Dale Jr. set to roll off 14th. Man, it's hard to believe you finished second in a race and you lose 20 points. You had a great race and you bounced back from some mid-race problems last weekend. Talk about the race car here. You've had some good runs here, been in the top five. How good is it today, Dale? We've struggled all weekend, but... Uh, Tony Jr. and the guys, they keep working, and we keep working, and we'll see what we got. We got the rest of this race to figure it out, and Tony Jr. does really good on his pitch strategy and gas mileage for this race especially, and uh, I feel like we'll be able to put ourselves in position to get a good run, whether we can uh, make it happen with the car and all. We'll have to see. Budweiser Chevy set to roll off 14th and hoping to get back in the top 12 for the chase for the next L Cup championship. Up to Steve Post. Driver starting in position number seven, our NASCAR Next L Cup Series defending champion, Jimmy Johnson, driver of the Lowe's Chevy. Jimmy, a couple practice sessions on Friday, or practice session on Friday, a couple yesterday. How was the race car gearing up for today's race? 
I think we've done a good job of uh, getting me a car that I can drive all day long and charge with. Not sure we're really the fastest, but that's uh, not our goal for this weekend. It's really kind of about um, and just good solid finish and making sure that we transfer in the chase. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think we had a good race car. Uh, I've got to thank these guys and the Lowe's team for working as hard as they have. Give me a great Impala, and hopefully I can make the most of it today. There we go. Jimmy Johnson starts seventh here today at the Glen. Glen Jarrett. And rolling off 13th will be the guy that put the biggest whipping on the field I have ever seen in all my years of NASCAR. Last week at Pocono, that would be none other than Kurt Busch. Uh, Kurt, what a great feeling that must have been, but let's talk about this week. You looks like you had a pretty good car in happy hour. You ran the Busch race yesterday. Did you learn anything at all there? I definitely did. Uh, the Busch race, I had to run the car at uh, about 100% pace the whole race and burned up the brakes uh, coming to the end. And so I didn't have a shot at victory just because I ran too hard most of the day. So that's telling me to take it conservative with uh, our Miller Lite Dodge today and make sure after that last fuel stop, that's when we got to race them. Conservative and Kurt Busch. Somehow that just doesn't sound right, guys. really doesn't. But I'll tell you what, uh, he did... Indeed, put a whipping on the field last week at Pocono. Got that uh, momentum going, moved him into the top 12. But remember, we're down to five races to go before the chase begins. He's only in by seven points over Dale Hart Jr., who's in the 13th spot. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon in upstate New York. Wish you were here with us as we get ready to bring you the Centurion at the Glen for the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series. Packed house on hand as we get ready to go trackside for the pre-race ceremonies, which will begin shortly. Driver introduction is complete, and the driver's already moving over around their cars, getting ready to climb in and get ready for the start of today's race. Again, five races before the chase. It's really getting tight there, that battle to get in the top 12. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy in. Four tires to no go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Drivers are being strapped in their cars on pit road here at Watkins Glen International as we're waiting the command to fire engines and start the running of the Centurion at the Glen. 43 drivers set to go, and again, the field starting based on the rule book because we had rain on Friday afternoon. They tried to get qualifying in, Barney, and for the third time this year, those attempts were washed out, so that puts the point leader, Jeff Gordon, on the pole and, of course, uh, fill out the rest of the field with a number of guys missing the race, namely Boris said who's one of the favorites here because uh, he's just so good on these road courses, has been over the year. Same thing bit him down at Daytona when he would have been on the pole there and the reins came in. But, of course, the storyline goes. Bill Elliott decided he'd let Boris drive his car, so Boris is in the field today. Yeah, boy, that was like a Cinderella story. As we said, some good things do happen in this business from time to time, and you got to give a tip of the hat to Bill Elliott for stepping aside to let Boris get in there. He said he'll give the car a better ride than I will. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but... He felt like Boris could come up with a better finish. And Boris certainly appreciated that, although Boris was quite upset because his race team is struggling on a part-time basis throughout this year, and it really hurts when you miss a race with all the efforts going in to get ready for an event. Today's event around this 2.45-mile, 11-turn road course will be 90 laps, 220.5 miles, making up the total distance. And again, very important for guys trying to get in the chase. Now trackside. Fans, welcome back today's Grand Marshals, Governor Elliot Spitzer and Sergeant First Class Roy Mitchell with the most famous words in motorsports. Gentlemen, start your engines. 
That's a command to start engines delivered by UPS, the official delivery company of NASCAR and proud sponsor of Dale Jarrett's UPS Toyota. Time now for the starting lineup for today's Centurion Boats at the Glen. Brought to you by Wrangler, makers of Wrangler Jeans Company, a new generation of Wrangler, Row 22. Kenny Wallace, St. Louis, Missouri, Furniture Row, Chevrolet. Row 21. Jeremy Mayfield, Owensboro, Kentucky, 360 OTC Toyota. P.J. Jones, Torrance, California, Burger King Toyota. Row 20. Patrick Carpentier, Las Vegas, Nevada. Valvoline, Stanley Tools, Doug. Forrest Head, Carlsbad, California. Ford. Row 19. Terry Labonte, Corpus Christi, Texas. Dale Jarrett, Kickery, North Carolina. UPS, Toyota. Row 18. Brian Vickers, Thomasville, North Carolina. Red Bull, Toyota. Dave Blaney, Hartford, Ohio, in the Caterpillar, Toyota. Row 17. Johnny Sauter, Nacita, Wisconsin, Yellow Transportation, Chevrolet. Cal Petty, Trinity, North Carolina. American Spirit, Motorola, Marathon, Dodge. Row 16. Jeff Green, Owensboro, Kentucky. Haas Automation, CNC, Chevy. Paul Menard, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Menard, Chevrolet. Row 15. David Gilliland, Riverside, California. M&M's Ford Fusion. Robbie Gordon, Orange, California. Jim Beam Ford. Row 14. Casey Kane from Enumclaw, Washington. Dodge Dealers, UAW, Dodge Avenger. Ricky Rudd, Chesapeake, Virginia. Snickers Ford. Row 13. Run Fellows, Toronto, Canada. DOP, HDTV, Impala. David Stremme, South Bend, Indiana. Coors Light Dodge. Row 12. Reed Sorson, Peachtree City, Georgia. Target Dodge. Elliot Sadler, Emporia, Virginia. Dodge Dealers, UAW, Dodge Avenger. Row 11. David Reagan, Kannapolis, North Carolina, AAA Ford. J.J. Yaley, Phoenix, Arizona, Interstate Batteries, Chevrolet. Row 10. Bobby Labonte, Corpus Christi, Texas. Cheerios, Betty Crocker Dodge. Casey Mears, Bakersfield, California. National Guard, GMAC Chevrolet. Row 9. Juan Pablo Montoya, Bogota, Colombia, Texaco, Havilland Dodge. Jamie McMurray, Joppa, Missouri, Crown Royal, Ford Fusion. Row 8. Greg Biffle, Vancouver, Washington, We Ford Fusion. Ryan Newman, South Bend, Indiana, Altel Dodge. Row 7. Dale Hart Jr., Mooresville, North Carolina, Budweiser Chevrolet, Kurt Busch, Las Vegas, Nevada, Miller Lite Dodge, Row 6, Martin Truex Jr., Mayetta, New Jersey, Best Pro Shop Chevrolet, Clint Boyer, Emporia, Kansas, Jack Daniels Chevrolet. And now, the top 10 starters, starting 10th, Regan Smith, Cato, New York, U.S. Army Chevrolet, starting 9th. Kevin Harvick, Bakersfield, California, Shell Chevrolet. Starting eighth, Kyle Busch, Las Vegas, Nevada, Kellogg Chevrolet. Starting seventh, Jimmy Johnson, El Cajon, California, Lowe's Chevrolet. Starting sixth, Carl Edwards, Columbia, Missouri, Office Depot, Ford. Starting fifth, Tony Stewart, Columbus, Indiana, Home Depot, Chevrolet. Starting fourth, Jeff Burden from South Boston, Virginia, drive with an AT&T Chevrolet. Starting third, Matt Kenseth, Cambridge, Wisconsin, DeWalt Tools, Ford Fusion. Starting second. Denny Hamlin, Chesterfield, Virginia, FedEx Chevrolet. And starting on the Bud Bowl. Jeff Gordon, Vallejo, California, DuPont Chevrolet. That's the 43 starters for today's Centurion Boats at the Glen. Brought to you by Wrangler, makers of Wrangler Jeans Company, a new generation of Wrangler. Six drivers failed to make the starting grid for today's race. Again, the uh, starting lineup was uh, set based on the rule book. The drivers who fell outside as a result of that lost draft. A.J. Allmendinger, Ward Burton, Brian Simo, 
Boris Said, and Marcus Ambrose. Those other 43 cars in the race just now beginning to roll down the pit lane and make the first right-hand turn down the hill. They'll make a couple of laps under the pace condition before we drop the green flag and get started with the Centurion Boats at the Glen. Going to be interesting to see how well these cars do perform. The car of tomorrow here this afternoon had a couple of conversations with different people in the garage area. Some of the drivers say that these cars do not drive as good as the older cars do, but they're a whole lot tougher. You can make a lot more contact with the teams or guys on the racetrack. You don't want to, but if it happens, nine times out of ten, when the old cars, it would send you to the garage area. And these things, they're kind of built like a tank, so to speak, the beefed up in the front end and the rear. So if you run into somebody from behind, uh, Brett Bodine, who helped design these things, told me this morning, he said the one big advantage, if you somebody slows up for whatever reason and you cram into them from the rear, in the old cars, it'll lift your wheels right off the ground and sometimes spin you out. He said in these things, you just give them a good hard bump. And some of the drivers also complaining about the fact the center of gravity is higher in these cars. So going through the corners, it doesn't roll quite as easily, kind of top-heavy, if you will. And therefore, they're having a hard time making the cars cut like they're used to with the old car running here on the road course. That, and again, the brakes. It doesn't matter if it's a car of tomorrow, a car of yesterday, a car of last week. Brakes are always a concern here on the road course, and we'll see that uh, throughout the course of the running today. Another factor about racing on a road course, as we talked about yesterday in our Bush Series broadcast, Winston Kelly, the fact that the way they figure pit stops, it's a total different way of doing it than what we usually do. Yeah, you start at lap number 90, which is the end of the race, and then you calculate how far you believe you can go. What we're hearing is somewhere between 30 and maybe a high 35 laps, so that backs guys up to between lap 55 and 60, which would be the last pit stop. We're hearing mostly in the 57, 58, 59 range. Then you go back from there, that other 30 to 35 laps. So guys could pit as early as lap 20. Don't expect to see guys pit that early or as late as lap 30. Expect to see most guys come in somewhere between lap 22 and 26. The guy's not getting as good a fuel mileage. Still should be able to make it on two stops after lap 30 and then again on lap 60. But they work the race backwards from lap number 90 and determine when they're going to come onto pit road. And Winston Kevin Harvick played that strategy yesterday right into victory lane. Absolutely he did, Barney. When he came down pit road on lap number four, it was an 82-lap race, and we were hearing that guys could go somewhere in the neighborhood of 39 laps at the outset. So that would have put him right on the bubble with 78 laps to go. Didn't really think that they could go that far. Guys are going to go the full 30 laps uh, this time, or, or the full 34, 35 laps are going to need some help on caution flags, but it absolutely worked to perfection yesterday for Kevin Harvick's team. So watch for the guys that come in early to get that good fuel mileage, but if there's a green-white checkered, they could be in trouble if they don't have any caution flags toward the end. As we said, the complication down there in pit strategy sometimes can be overwhelming, even for the guys sitting up on the pit box. If you're going to be, if you come in on one schedule, somebody else comes in on another. You got to keep up with what the other team does as much as how many laps your car has run. So it does get kind of complicated. But they've got it all figured out, and most times it works. Everybody has their own formula of how to do it. They use some trickery out at Infineon, the last road course race the Nextel Cup Series ran a couple of months ago, and Jeff Gordon was saying that's uh, probably going to play into what they do here today in their planning. Let's take a swing around the course now and bring in the other voices you'll be hearing covering our broadcast today up uh, at the top of the hill through the s's 
Dave Moody is positioned. He's from Barry, Vermont. Thank you, Joe Moore. Good afternoon, everybody. We'll cover the action between turns one and four here at Watkins Glen International. Turn one, a hard right-hander under full braking as these cars come down from full song and high gear at the end of that long front straightaway. They'll downshift into second gear, a hard right-hand turn, and then they'll begin the climb uphill through what's known as the S's, the right-left right combination, all uphill, all fairly sloping that lead them to the top of the hill and turn number five. Not a lot of room to race here, not a lot of room to get off course, with the exception of the wide side in turn one, where if they spin, instead of going into the old-time gravel trap that was here until just a couple of years ago, it's now just all paved runoff area. You can get off course there and still live to race another day. If you get off course coming up the hill, it's all blue Armco barrier, very unforgiving all the way to the top of the hill. We'll cover the action here from a fire tower at the top of turn number four. Now let's go to the other end of the back straightaway and Mike Bagley of Daytona Beach, Florida. Thank you, Dave Moody. Good afternoon, everyone. When the drivers leave turn four, they'll make their way up the back straightaway, full throttle, fourth gear, and then they set up for the very complex set of corners, turns five, six, seven, and eight, what we call the inner loop here at Watkins Glen International. It requires you to take the gearbox from fourth gear all the way down to second, push the brake pedal to the floor, and get set up for a right-left-left-right combination of corners that, if you get through flawlessly, you'll be a hero. If you run into problems and perhaps maybe bounce off the rumble strips that line the inside of these corners too hard, break the car loose, you may end up in a gravel trap driver's right and the only way you're going to get out of there is a tow truck. You want to stay out of that gravel trap. Once you clear the inner loop, you're faced with a tire barrier smack dab in your face. You'll cut the car back to the right and begin a downhill run through a long 180-degree sweeper to the right. That is known as turn number nine. It's a very technical part of the road course. If you get in trouble, it could be big. If you mind your P's and Q's, you could end up in Gatorade Victory Lane later today. When the drivers leave turn nine, they'll head up a short straightaway and into the view of Jeff Striegel of Grand Rapids. Michigan. And they're going to come off of turn number nine, Mike, in second gear before getting third gear. Some drivers may get fourth on this short shoot that separates turn nine and turn ten. It's just over a quarter of a mile long, and they're going to get to the final two turns here at the Glen. Turn ten, a 90-degree left-hand turn, and it's a great place to overtake. You better make it stick, though, because if you don't, you're going to end up in probably the biggest gravel trap that surrounds this racetrack right off the exit of turn number ten, and you get there, you're going to need a tow truck to get out. Once off of turn number 10. Just a real quick short shoot. The drivers stay in second gear. The last turn at the Glen, turn 11, a 90-degree right-hand turn that sends them back up onto the front straightaway. That's a quick look at 2.45 miles here at Watkins Glen, and when they exit off of turn number 11, they come out onto the front chute, headed toward the start-finish line, and high atop that in the broadcast booth, the two guys that will anchor today is Barney Hall and Joe Moore. The field is just coming out of turn 11, heading down to the flag stand, and they'll see the indication. One more circuit around here, and we'll be under green flag racing. We're about a half, away, um, half a lap away from seeing the green flag and getting the race underway here this afternoon. I'll bet you a buffalo nickel that when they go down into turn number one and take the green, somebody will go off the course and out in the dirt. Usually do. That is quite a scramble. A hard right-hand hairpin when they come to the end of this front straightaway. And, yeah, they're hauling some speed once they get down there. A couple other trouble spots on this course. You heard uh, Dave Moody talk about the S's. The inner loop over there where Mike Bagley is positioned. And turn 11, another real tight turn that leads to turn 11 and then empties onto this front straightaway. Now, we talked about pitting strategy, how it's all different here because of being on the road course. Winston Kelly described that a few moments ago. Steve Post, another factor that goes into the equation, the factor pitting the car from the right side here. 
Yeah, it is backwards, basically. In traditional oval tracks and NASCAR Next Door Cup, the car comes in from the right as you're standing on pit wall and out to the left. Here at Watkins Glen, it comes in from the left and out to the right. We've caught up with Tommy Baldwin, crew chief for Dave Blaney. Tommy, the pit road here, you pit backwards, basically. The car comes in from the left. What kind of challenges does that bring you and the guys here as you prepare for today's race and go through today's race? Well, it definitely makes it a little awkward for everybody because everyone's been practicing all year long the other way. And... Uh, you know, we've got a good couple practices in the last couple of weeks, getting ready, prepared for uh, here at Watkins Glen. Uh, this place is always real fun to come to, real fun. Uh, we, all, we all have a real good time road racing, kind of takes takes uh, the, the, the weekly trend away, so to speak. You know, we're, we're used to the, that daily oval grind. Now we got a little bit of fun here, but uh, we'll get through this race and head to Michigan. How is the Caterpillar Toyota for today's event? It's been good all weekend. Dave's done a good job keeping on the track all weekend. We just got to continue that. Uh, Dave's got a race to race track, and hopefully we can take it our rest in pit road. There we go. That's Tommy Baldwin, crew chief on the Caterpillar Toyota, and talking about pitting in the inverse direction here at Watkins Glen. A big challenge for these guys today. And Kyle Busch says it really doesn't matter as far as pit selection is concerned here. There's no preference where you pit here. I think the pit stops are big enough. Um, there's a little bit of a hill down in turns one, so you might want to get on a place where it's a little bit flatter so you don't have to worry about holding the brake during a pit stop, but you always hold the brake during a pit stop anyway, so there's no real big preference on where you're at, just on who's around you sometimes so you can get a clean in or a clean out. So we'll be following all the action there on pit road and again kind of a complicated strategy here today in the running of the Centurion boats at the Glen. Field just now working off turn 10 headed to turn number 11. The pace car leading the pack is everyone in the main grandstand completely packed here this afternoon at Watkins Glen. All rises as one getting ready for the start of the 22nd race of the year. They're coming off turn 11 now. The pace car makes a hard right hand turn on the pit road and the field comes into our view for the start of the Centurion Boats at the Glen, here's Barney Hall. Pace car behind the pit wall, field comes out from under the sprint bridge, getting ready to see the green flag here at the stand. Who's going to go to victory lane some 90 laps from now? We'll find out in a couple of hours. Green flag is in the air, and they set sail for turn number one. Jeff Gordon, Denny Hamlin up on that front row. Usually we see some wild moves this first lap into turn number one as they head down there now. Matt Kenseth storms around the outside, making a bid for the lead, and Kenseth's going to get it. At the exit of turn number one, the DeWalt Ford charges to the point. The battle now is for second through the right-hand turn number two. Jeff Gordon will take it. Denny Hamlin slides in behind him in the third spot. Fourth to Jeff Burton, and side-by-side, -side, Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards. Here's Stewart down to the inside off turn four. He'll grab that spot and fall in line behind the front three. Challenge for the lead. Jeff Gordon darts out of line to the inside of Matt Kenseth at the entrance to the inner loop. New leader, Jeff Gordon. He'll pull away by half a car length. Now Kenseth with his hands full behind him. Denny Hamlin pushes in through turn nine. Up the track goes Kenseth. Hamlin to the bottom off turn number nine. And Matt Kenseth's going to stay pinned to the outside as they come off of turn number nine for the first time. They are side by side from second on back. Out front, Jeff Gordon. Denny Hamlin grabs a second spot. Three wide into turn number ten. Tony Stewart. Bunz I run in. He goes by Jeff Burton. He goes by Matt Kenseth. And now Jeff Burton is under attack from fifth on back. Kyle Bush moves to the outside of Jeff Burton trying to grab a spot. Let's see how that settles down. They all fall back in line single file coming back to the stripe, but it is Jeff Gordon leading at the end of lap number one. Denny Hamlin second. Tony Stewart is third. The scramble from there on back off turn one. Matt Kenseth has the fourth position. He's being followed closely by the Kyle Busch machine. Right behind them, it's Jimmy Johnson who's just made his way underneath Jeff Burton. Burton has lost a handful of spots in the last lap. As now Johnson pulls away from him by a car length. Jeff Burton in line next, followed by Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex, Jr., and 
Carl Edwards. They go file, they work up the hill, onto the back straightaway. Race leader Jeff Gordon comes to the entrance of the inner loop. Three car lengths out in front of Denny Hamlin. Further back, Kyle Busch to the inside of Matt Kenseth. He'll steal fourth, slides across the rumble strips. Look out, almost lost it, but he hangs on. Matt Kenseth, though, the battle behind him. They're all stacked up. Jimmy Johnson. Jeff Burton, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., and Dale Earnhardt Jr. off turn nine. Right behind Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes a whole host of other cars that are running single file as they exit off of turn number nine. Up front, it's Jeff Gordon, Denny Hamlin, a half a car length back, Tony Stewart. Now Jimmy Johnson dives inside of Matt Kenseth to pick up that fifth position. Kenseth will fall back in line in six. Jimmy Johnson driving about as aggressive as anybody up in that front ten. He's made some pretty good moves, picked up in at least two or three positions as they hit the front straightaway and go back off into turn number one. Meanwhile, Kyle Petty has taken his car back to the garage. We'll find out what happened there in just a few minutes. Field goes to turn one. Challenge is on, and it's back around the sixth and seventh position. Matt Kenseth, who led at the turn two mark of lap number one, now is fighting just trying to stay in the top six. He's got heat from Jeff Burton, then right behind them in inches apart formation. Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Carl Edwards. That's a six-car nose-to-tail battle as they hit the back straightaway. Matt Kenseth leads that parade up the back chute. Here's Jeff Burton peeking to the inside, not wanting to dart out of line, not wanting to stack it up here at the inner loop. It is Jeff Gordon leading the way. Pack behind him, Denny Hamlet, Tony Stewart, Kyle Busch as they exit turn nine and head to the short straightaway. Good distance now between third back to the fourth place machine of Kyle Busch. Jimmy Johnson right there in the fifth spot. Johnson all over the back end of Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin all over the back end of Jeff Gordon for the race lead as they get to turn number five. They make it through cleanly. Here comes Kevin Harvick a little bit further back, diving to the inside of Jeff Burton. He'll pick up the spot there, set his cross sights now on Matt Kenseth. Here comes Jeff Gordon leading the way by maybe three car lengths over Denny Hamlin. Hamlin right up on his bumper coming off turn 10. He's fallen back in line a little bit. Further back, here's Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the move, working with his teammate Martin Truex Jr. Earnhardt Jr. goes by and will grab the eighth position. Dale Jr. now puts the crosshairs on the back of the Jeff Burton machine. Martin Truex Jr. not out of the woods yet. Here comes Kurt Busch. Makes a move to driver's right on the inside of turn number two. Can't find room to race as they begin the climb uphill now. Martin Truex Jr. Nicks the rumble strips through turn number three as they crush the top of the hill. He'll keep Kurt Busch in the rearview mirror. The Miller Lite Dodge of Kurt Busch trying to overtake the Bass Pro Shop Chevrolet of Martin Truex Jr. So far single file. Bush sneaks a peek. Truex chops him off and is able to hang on to the spot for now. Traffic still stacking up in front of them. Matt Kenseth leads a parade of cars that include Kevin Harvick, Jeff Burton and the Budweiser Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt Jr. That is the battle for the fifth spot as they head back downhill now towards turn number 10. Matt Kenseth under attack. He's got fifth. Kevin Harvick wants it. He's right there on the rear deck. Looks inside. Kenseth will throw the block. Jeff Burton goes next and the guy on the move, Kurt Bush looking to the outside now of Martin Truex Jr. The hard racing is going on from about sixth place on back as they roll out from under the sprint Nextel Bridge. Let's go into the garage, see if we can find out what happened to Kyle Petty. Well, Barney, not, got, not good news for Kyle Petty or Kyle Petty's fans. Uh, transmission went out on the car uh, midway through the second lap, so Kyle is uh, in here. They are uh, putting a new transmission in it. Uh, Kyle's sitting in the car. they got a fan blowing on him now. There's three, four, uh, five guys up under the car now changing the transmission. They'll get it swapped, get him back out as soon as possible, but uh, hard to make up that kind of time on a road course or anywhere else for that matter. The leaders have just gone up the hill through the S's. They should be heading down to the inner loop. And that is where Jeff Gordon and Denny Hamlin continue to battle for the lead. That separation about one car length apart. Here's the battle for six. Kevin Harvick to the inside of Matt.
Matt Kenseth. They almost bang corner panels. Harvick quickly snaps his Chevrolet back in line, but they almost took a spin into the gravel trap. It's Kenseth leading that battle. Four other cars lined up behind him as Kenseth now just still trying to hang on to that spot. And further up, it took Denny Hamlin just a quick peek to realize he couldn't get a pass in turn number 10, but he tried it. Now further back, here comes Kevin Harvick on Matt Kenseth to the inside in turn number 10. Harvick is going to get by. Jeff Burton now is going to draw alongside all of this racing as they exit off turn number 11. That's for the sixth position, that battle between Matt Kenseth and Kevin Harvick as they race off turn number 11. Meanwhile, a stop for Brian Vickers a few moments ago. It appeared to be just a gas and go. Brian Vickers did an engine change in the car, had to go to the rear of the field for the start of the race. Same for Reed Sorensen, so I guess that uh, it wasn't going to cost him a whole lot to come in early. Steve Post is there. That's exactly what it was. They were running at the back of the field. They figured, you know, it's a little bit early to start playing that strategy, but who knows? They came in, they topped it off with fuel, not a lot to lose. The feet, they're at the back of the field. A caution comes out. Some other guys pit. They can move on up. This is all part of the game here, is trying to make these cars in the, get these cars in the right spot when we get to lap number nine. 90. On pit road, the games have begun. Jeff Gordon shows the way, lap five. Denny Hamlin second, Tony Stewart's third, Kyle Busch is fourth, and Jimmy Johnson fifth at the Glen. Here at Watkins Glen, a new man in the second position. Tony Stewart moved up there the last lap in front of Jeff Striegel. He did it coming into turn number 10. He dove to the inside, a classic pass of just outbreaking Denny Hamlin and was able to slip up to second. A great battle, Joe, that's going on between a couple of drivers trying to get into the chase. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kurt Busch have been going at it. They just now exit off turn number 11. That's back at about eighth place as they hit the front straightaway, work their way back toward turn number one and get down into the S's. About eight or nine car lengths between those two. Tony Stewart picked up about a tenth a moment ago on Jeff Gordon. He should be over to the S's with him. Tony Stewart climbing the hill, spills out onto the back straightaway in pursuit of the leader. That battle from eighth on back continues to be good. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is broken away from Kurt Busch now by about five car lengths. Five more back to Jeff Burton. Right on his back bumper is Juan Pablo Montoya. Then side by side up to the S's. Matt Kenseth squeezes his way past Carl Edwards. They come to the back straightaway. Matt Kenseth leading Carl Edwards, and they continue to stack up behind them. Here's Edwards, though. He darts out of line, trying to make the pass on Matt Kenseth. They're double wide, two rows deep. Something's got to give. Matt Kenseth will grab the spot back from Edwards now. Ryan Newman is there, and now Kenseth slips off the end of the inner loop, opens the inside line for Carl Edwards, and they're all stacked up behind Edwards, trying to bypass the Kenseth car. Matt Kenseth is going to swing wide off of turn number nine, and here comes that freight train that Mike Bagley was talking about. Everybody forming up on the inside. Kenseth down low. Carl Edwards is able to get by. Ryan Newman is able to get by. Martin Truex Jr. Kenseth wheel to wheel in turn 10. Truex stays in the throttle. Kenseth battles back. They're side by side in turn number 11. Kenseth has the advantage momentarily, but Truex works hard in the outside lane. We'll pick up the spot when they come back to the start finish line. And another car has made a stop. Jeremy Mayfield was in a few moments ago, Glenn Jarrett. Yes, he was, Joe, and it was just for uh, uh, fuel only. It was a strategy stop. They stopped on lap eight uh, just to top the tank off. So, uh, as you say, the games begin, but that was fuel only. Quick look at the top ten. Jeff Gordon is the leader. Tony Stewart second. Denny Hamlin is third. Kyle Busch is fourth. And Jimmy Johnson is fifth. Kevin Harvick is sixth. Seventh would be Dale Earnhardt Jr. Eighth is Kurt Busch. And back in ninth place is Juan Pablo Montoya. Tenth is Jeff Burton. Let's take you further down the AutoZone leaderboard here at lap number nine. In eleventh is Carl Edwards. Twelfth is Ryan Newman. Martin Truex Jr. runs thirteenth. Matt Kenseth fourteenth. Clint Boyer is in the fifteenth position. Sixteenth to Jamie McMurray. Seventeenth Casey Mears. Ron Fellows is eighteenth. 
14th. 19th is Robbie Gordon. And 20th is Regan Smith. Back in 21st is Paul Menard. Bobby Lamonti's 22nd. Greg Biffle's 23rd. Elliot Sadler's 24th. And in 25th place right now, J.J. Yaley. Casey Kane is riding 26th. Ricky Rudd is 27th. And 28th is Dave Blaney. Back in uh, 29th. In trouble, Barney off of turn number 10. Ryan Newman overshoots turn number 10. He's in the gravel trap trying to get it righted. He makes it through. He's back out onto the racetrack now. More trouble. David Reagan goes around. He spins into the gravel trap. Newman able to get away. David Reagan right now is the one that is sitting at the gravel trap at the end of turn number 10. And the caution flag will wave for the first time this afternoon. Several cars involved over in turn 10. Let's go back there to Jeff Striegel. Well, it was first Ryan Newman. He just came right off the end of turn number 10, right into the gravel trap. He just tries to stand on the gas and not let that car slow down. Once you do, you're stuck there. He was able to make it out, grab some grass, gab, grab the gas, and then get on the racetrack. And then all of a sudden, David Reagan just came spinning off of turn number 10, looped it around, and he is stuck in the uh, gravel trap, kind of in between turn 10 and 11. And it takes a little bit of time to pull the car out of the gravel trap. It is there to slow the car down when it spins at high speed off the course. So it'll be a few moments to clean that up and get that car pulled out of the trap. Jeff Gordon leads at lap 10 under caution at Watkins Glen. Pace car behind the pit wall. Green flag goes back in the air. Tony Stewart almost gets into the rear of Jeff Gordon. He's going to put a move on to take the lead away. Before they hit turn one, they go into that corner side by side. Who's going to come out in front? Smoke on the inside. He'll charge the short way through the corner. Jeff Gordon keeps it wound up on the outside. They're still side by side toward the right-hander turn number two. Advantage Tony Stewart. He slides through the lead. Denny Hamlin tries to push his way underneath Jeff Gordon. Gordon slams the door on him. Jeff Gordon, five car lengths. Back to Tony Stewart in second. Then Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Jimmy Johnson. Home Depot Chevrolet brings the field to the back straightaway. Here's Jeff Gordon, though. He wants the lead back at the entrance of the inner loop. He's not going to get it. Kyle Busch trying to get underneath Denny Hamlin. They almost stack it up now at the inner loop. They make it through, though. Tony Stewart, five car lengths in hand over Jeff Gordon. Two back to Denny Hamlin. And then on his back bumper, here come Kyle Busch, Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, and others. The race is going to be for second place on back. Tony Stewart continues to stretch his advantage. He is midway down the short shoot. Jeff Gordon goes second. Then it's Denny Hamlin. Kyle Busch is right there. Right behind him, Jimmy Johnson took a peek inside. Kevin Harvick, Dale Jr., Kurt Busch. And then it's a couple of five car lengths back to Juan Pablo Montoya. Stacked up from third on back while Jeff Gordon shows the way, or rather Tony Stewart shows the way. Gordon is in second. Then third, Denny Hamlin. Right behind him is Kyle Busch. You got Jimmy Johnson lined up, Kevin Harvick, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and Kurt Busch. Everybody's sorting it out to single file formation for the moment, but Kevin Harvick would like to change that. He takes a peek to the inside. Driver's right on Jimmy Johnson as they head for turn number two, but Johnson too strong at the exit of the corner. He out-horsepowers him and holds him off for the moment. Tony Stewart pulling away to a big lead. Jeff Gordon, Denny Hamlin, and Kyle Busch, the top four. That is how they stack up from second on back. Jeff Gordon now in that second spot, sets up for the inner loop. Fourth gear now down to second, and he begins the right-left-left-right combination. Further back, here's Kurt Busch applying all kinds of pressure to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Took a peek to the inside in the inner loop. Couldn't get that done. He'll fall back in line. That's a good battle. A batter of the beer wagons now as the exit turn number nine. And further up, there's going to be a battle for second place. Jeff Gordon has got it. Denny Hamlin wants it. He rides right in his tailgate coming back to turn number 10. Hamlin
Hamlin not close enough this time. It's Gordon second, Hamlin third, and further back, Dale Earnhardt Jr. able to fend off the advances of Kurt Busch that continues to be a great battle up in turn 11. About 80% of the people here said Tony Stewart would be the man to beat before the day is over. He's proving that right now. Once he got around Jeff Gordon, he is long gone. He's a full second or better out front. Tony Stewart leads at lap 15. The battle now for second. It is between Jeff Gordon, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Kevin Harvick. They come to the entrance of the inner loop on the back side of the course. Gordon, three car lengths in hand over Danny Hamlin. The same back to Kyle Busch. Toss Jimmy Johnson in that mix. And here's Kevin Harvick slipping at the exit of the inner loop. Slides up the racetrack. The inside line is open. Here comes Dale Earnhardt Jr. downstairs. And he's going to grab that spot away. The question is, can Kurt Busch do the same? They pour off a of turn number nine. Midway down the back stretch. The short shoot. And Kurt Busch is able to get by. So Kevin Harvick is going to slip two spots. And the next in line, Juan Pablo Montoya. Right behind him, Carl Edwards. Working off turn number 11, back to start finish. Tony Stewart continues showing the way. Jeff Gordon trying to track him down, not having a whole lot of success. Better racing going on a little bit further back in the pack. Jamie McMurray and Jeff Burton with a good battle going on. That's for the 11th position right behind them. Martin Truex Jr. and Ron Fellows starting to move up. Martin Truex Jr. who got shuffled back a handful of spots in the early going. Try to regroup a little bit as he closes in now on the back bumper of the Jeff Burton machine. He'll play nose to tail all the way up the hill. Right behind them also in close quarters formation is Ron Fellows. Ron Fellows trying to take a look down to the inside of Rye of uh, Make That Martin Truex Jr. as they come up the back straightaway to the inner loop. Fellows cannot get the job done. He'll fall back in line, follow Truex through that set of corners, and now they both begin to catch Jeff Burton. Single file formation, the bottom side of turn number nine. Truex again with his hands full with Ron Fellows. All of this going on from Jeff Burton on back. Meanwhile, up front, again, Jeff Gordon under all kinds of attack from Denny Hamlin. Kyle Busch is right there. Good three-car battle for second. Jimmy Johnson has his hands full with both Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kurt Busch, and Kevin Harvick has got his hands full with all those drivers Mike Bagley just pointed out. Pretty good racing from second place on back. The leader, as we said, has a big cushion for the moment, but that can disappear in a hurry. Tony Stewart is the leader. We're at lap 21. Tony Stewart continues leading. Jeff Gordon is in second. Denny Hamlin's third. Kyle Busch is up to fourth now. Jimmy Johnson rides along in the fifth position. They've spread out a little bit among the top five. In sixth is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kurt Busch is seventh. Juan Pablo Montoya has moved to eighth. Carl Edwards is ninth. And tenth is Kevin Harvick as they head through the S's. And we've got trouble over in turn number ten. Brian Vickers goes around right in front of a whole host of a drivers. Reagan Smith may have just caught a piece of that Red Bull Toyota. But it was Vickers that went around and spun, and Reagan Smith may have just clipped him as they worked off of turn 10 in between 10 and 11. Close call over there on pit road. Another stop. This time, Martin Truex Jr. Let's cover it. Barney, he's brought the Chevrolet. That's the Bass Pro Shops. Trekker Boat Chevrolet in this routine pit work. The crew first around to the left side of the car. Now around to the right side. The second can of Sunoco Racing Fuel goes in. Kevin Bono Mannion, the crew chief, down and away for Martin Truex Jr. Routine pit work. This is the beginning of some of the strategy as he pits here on lap 22. And Regan Smith is in. Yeah, Joe, he came in from that damage. It was in that gym in that crash that Jeff described, and he's got serious right front damage. It really messed the car up. The caution flag has come out now. Uh, there are pieces everywhere, but he's got serious, serious problems. It's going to take uh, 
I think, a little more than what they can do on pit road right there. So, caution flag is out. This will be a full course caution all the way around. It comes out at lap 23. Back at Watkins Glen this afternoon, and we are going back under the green flag here at lap number 25. Up front, Jamie McMurray. The field kind of mixed up because of pit stops. P.J. Jones moves up to second, followed by Patrick Carpentier, then Jeremy Mayfield and Dale Jarrett. Patrick Carpentier putting the heat on for that number two position as they go through the right-hand turn number two and begin climbing the hill now, but B.J. Jones able to shake off that challenge, put about a car length and a half between himself and the third-place Valvoline Dodge of Patrick Carpentier. Leaders off turn four, up the back straightaway. Jamie McMurray, the crown royal four, begins to break away from a great second-place battle. Here comes Carpentier peeking to the inside of P.J. Jones. All kinds of pressure there at the entrance to the inner loop, but it's still Jones having second, Carpentier in third, Mayfield back to fourth, then another five car lengths to a great battle between Dale Jarrett and Martin Truex Jr. off turn nine. And right behind them comes Jeff Gordon. He's followed by Reed Sorensen, Tony Stewart in that mix as well. Now they're midway down the short shoot. First one back to turn 10, Jamie McMurray. A little bit further back. Here comes Martin Truex Jr. Looking to the inside of Dale Jarrett. Jarrett throws the block. Truex will have to stay there. Behind them it's Gordon, Reed Sorensen, Tony Stewart, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. McMurray has pulled out already to a huge lead over Patrick Carpentier. 1.8 seconds the margin. Now those guys who were running up front, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, they're like 5th, 6th, and 7th on back, trying to work their way back up through the pack. And battling hard to do exactly that, Joe. Tony Stewart has just made his way past a little bit of traffic, most notably Dale Jarrett, the last man to fall. Dale Earnhardt Jr. right behind him. He follows through. Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, now trying to work the back bumper of Dale Jarrett's UPS Toyota as they exit to the back straight. That is the battle for the ninth position. Dale Jarrett in ninth with all kinds of pressure behind him. That's where Jimmy Johnson breaks out of line at the entrance to the inner loop, completing the pass before the entrance of turn number five. So move Johnson inside of the top 10 and Dale Jarrett continues to get pressure at his back door. He's got Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Reed Sorensen and Kurt Busch all stacked up behind him. And meanwhile out front it's Jamie McMurray, Patrick Carpentier going in position number two. Then it's P.J. Jones and Jeremy Mayfield. Jeff Gordon right there riding in that fist spot. Long way back to Tony Stewart. He was able to just get by Martin Truex Jr. as they came in to turn number 10. About to put 28 laps on the scoreboard. One of the best racing going on right now a little bit further back in the field. Uh, back at about six positions. That's where Tony Stewart, Martin Truex Jr., Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jimmy Johnson, very close together. Should be just up through the essence. Tony Stewart has busted loose from that group just a little bit now, Barney. He's broken away by about five or six car lengths. Martin Truex Jr. being hounded by the Budweiser Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt Jr. They're about eight car lengths up on Jimmy Johnson. An equal gap back to where Dale Jarrett now has to deal with Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. Here's Denny Hamlin breaking out of line, trying to bypass the UPS Toyota of Dale Jarrett at the entrance to the inner loop. He'll squeeze by, complete the pass, so Hamlin will grab that spot. Now Dale Jarrett falls back into the clutches of Kyle Busch, who practically pushes him at the exit of the inner loop, allows Jarrett some room to regroup and regain momentum, and now they storm off turn nine to the short straightaway. Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch right there as they battle just outside of the top ten. Jeff Gordon able to get by Jeremy Mayfield coming into turn number ten. Tony Stewart will be next in line, and Martin Truex Jr. still with his hands full from the Budweiser Chevrolet. Dale Earnhardt Jr. trying to move up a little bit. Again, back in the pack after that round of pit stops. Also, the cars of Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon buried back there, and Kurt Busch. I saw a great move he made off turn one, the last lap, trying to get through the traffic. 
He was working on Reed Sorensen, has since passed him and won Pablo Montoya. Kurt's up to the 13th position. Working on baby brother Kyle right now as Kyle Busch has gotten stranded behind the Dale Jarrett machine. Danny Hamlin made his way by in the last lap and has already gotten away by 10 or 12 car lengths. Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch now pounding the back bumper of Dale Jarrett as they climb the hill through turn four. That is the battle for 11th. Dale Jarrett getting a whole lot of pressure from the bushes. Here is Kyle to the inside. Kurt drops down there as well. Kyle completes the pass off the end of the back straightaway, and he brings brother Kurt along for the ride as well. So Dale Jarrett will lose two spots up the back straightaway, and the free fall is not over. Here's Juan Pablo Montoya going by. Reed Sorensen going by. Dale Jarrett's free fall continues off turn nine. Dale Jarrett's going to be slotted back in about the 15th position by the time they're all able to work by, and they're still coming. Here comes some more drivers. Carl Edwards, Kevin Harvick. They're lining up on the outside of Dale Jarrett. That's a tough way to make the pass. Carl Edwards is able to do it. Harvick's going to drop and try it on the inside. Jamie McMurray should be heading to pit road here in just a moment. We, as we said, 30 laps are complete. We have 60 to go. Been an interesting race thus far today. Let's cover Jamie's stop as he works his way down this long pit road to get into his pit stall. Jamie McMurray brings the Crown Royal Ford into the attention of the crew. Larry Carter is the crew chief on the front side of the car. Going to be Todd Ziegler. He's the front tire changer. Brian Hewitt, the tire carrier on the front side. Going to be a chassis adjustment. The Jackman puts the jack under the car. That's Michael Klein. Now, the second can of fuel getting ready to go into the car. The gas man is Doug Ingold, and his instruction, get every ounce of Sunoco Racing fuel into the car. They sit here, the car, the jack drops, the car is full, and Jamie McMurray is down and away, just out in front of Johnny Sauter, who pulls in for a gas-only pit stop as well. Patrick Carp. Carpentier, he's yeah, the man up front. Not a usual name in the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series, but Dave Moody, he's being chased down by a guy we know well. Yeah, we've heard of him before. Jeff Gordon closing fast on Patrick Carpentier's Valvoline Dodge. He's just a couple of car lengths back, and they'll look now, another 10 or 12 back to the Home Depot Chevrolet, and that Stewart kid coming quickly in third. Battle for the lead streaks up the back chute. Patrick Carpentier, Jeff Gordon relatively nose to tail. They tighten it up now, down shifting and hard braking, setting up for the inner loop. They are halfway through the loop and again Gordon applies more pressure. He's closing in on race leader Patrick Carpanier. Now Carpanier legs it out by two car lengths again. The battle for the lead is off turn nine. And Tony Stewart is closing ever so slowly back there. It was 12 car lengths just a moment ago. Make it 10, make it 8 as they try to race themselves back to turn number 8 or check that turn number 10. Carpanier. he's got two car lengths over Jeff Gordon. Gordon's got six more back to Tony Stewart's Home Depot Chevrolet. Racing off turn 11 Again, some of these guys up front have made their pit stops or working strategy. Others planning to make stops a little later on the way they're stacked up now. Carpentier, then Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Martin Truex Jr. Let's pick up the field on the course. Climbing the hill up through turns two and three. Patrick Carpentier holding on to that two-car length advantage over Jeff Gordon. Closing fast. Tony Stewart, he's within five now as they race to the backstretch. Tony Stewart's gone to the whip of the Home Depot Chevrolet. Quickly catching the front two. Here they come at the entrance to the inner loop. Carpentier, one car length out in front of Jeff Gordon. Now Tony Stewart shuts it down to two. Shuts it down to one behind Jeff Gordon. 
the front three, battle for the lead, relatively nose to tail through the downhill right-hander, turn nine. Here they come off of turn number nine. They're in second gear, and now they're up to third gear. They'll stay that way all the way between turn nine and ten. Nose to tail, top three. Carpentier, Gordon looking inside, tucks it back in line. He'll ride for the moment, and now he comes off the pace. Gordon is off the pace. Stewart blows by and picks up second. So Jeff Gordon slows. Tony Stewart comes by, picks up the second position as Carpentier brings him back to the start finish line. Now, if you're just joining our broadcast, who in the world is Patrick Carpentier? Made his first start in the Bush Series last week in Montreal. Won the pole for that event and finished runner-up. He was here yesterday, had a good run in the NASCAR Bush Series race here at the Glen, and now leading this afternoon, 35 laps in. Glenn Jarrett is in his pit. I am, and they're readying for the uh, pit stop to uh, come right, right now, guys. They're up on the wall. And this young man is a tremendously talented driver, as we, as we have already seen. The crew chief is Rodney Childers, who has obviously vast experience uh, in this car. Of course, this is a car that normally Scott Riggs drives. So uh, very shortly, we should see Patrick uh, in the pit here. All right, very experienced road racer. He's showing his stuff here this afternoon. Tony Stewart runs in second. Jeff Gordon is third. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is fourth. And Denny Hamlin runs fifth. Sixth is Jimmy Johnson. Kurt Busch is seventh. Eighth is Martin Truex Jr. Ninth is Kyle Busch. And in tenth now, Juan Pablo Montoya, another driver, Barney, who we're expecting a lot from here today. Yeah, he's been up in, inside the top ten. He stayed up there for the better part of the afternoon, but he hasn't been up in that front three yet. But he's still got plenty of racing left. 55 laps remain to be run. You gave him the top ten. We'll take you back through the top 25. Carl Edwards is 11th. Jeremy Mayfield is 12th. Kevin Harvick's 13th, Reed Sorensen 14th, Matt Kenseth 15th, then Ryan Newman 16th, and Paul Menard 17th. Ron Fellows, another one of the road course ringers, having a pretty good day. He is 18th, Jeff Burton 19th, and 20th is Clint Boyer. 21st, Boris Said. 22nd, Jeff Green. 23rd, J.J. Yaley. 24th is Casey Mears, and 25th is David Gilliland. And that's a look at the AutoZone leaderboard. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Jeremy Mayfield comes off the racetrack. He'll make his stop at lap 36. Glenn Jarrett is there. And they go to the left side, change tires there. They're around to the right now. They're filling it up with Sunoco fuel. And, guys, it is confusing down here because Carpentier and Mayfield are sharing a pit space. There's only 41 stalls here at the Watkins Glen, so that means two car, four cars have to share two spaces. So there were half Valvoline guys and half 360 OTC guys out there, and I didn't know who was coming in until he got here. Carpentier still in charge, but Tony Stewart's all over him. Climbing the hill to turn four. Stewart still a couple of car lengths back. Carpentier's done a pretty good job of keeping him there as they race down toward turn five. Dodge and Chevy battle for the lead. Patrick Carpentier, Tony Stewart into the interloop, separated by one car length. They broke it away by seven or eight over Jeff Gordon back in third. Here's Carpentier and Stewart again tightening up for the top spot, beginning to close in on some lap traffic as they exit off nine. And that first lap traffic machine is going to be the UPS Toyota of Dale Jarrett. Jeff Gordon has fallen off of this battle up front. Just a few laps ago, he just literally moved over, slowed, and waved Tony Stewart on. Stewart's got second. He wants first. Patrick Carpentier's got it, though, and he's got it by about three car lengths over Stewart in turn 11. I believe Carpentier is headed to pit road. I believe he is, too. He slows down as he comes off the corner and will be making that pit stop. That's going to slot Tony Stewart back up into the lead. As Tony looks back now, Jeff Gordon will be the man he'll have to work with as they go down toward the S's. Let's cover the pit stop of the former leader. And Patrick Carpentier has brought the car in. The crew is on the left side now. This is all the Valvoline guys here. So the Valvoline guys were helping Jeremy Mayfield a while ago. 
and this time it's all Valvoline. I do not see any chassis adjustments, only a slight air pressure adjustment. Great pit stop. Four tires, Sunoco fuel. He is down and away. So that stop is complete. He rolls down the pit lane as Tony Stewart again has taken control here at lap 38. Caution apparently when Carl Edwards and Kyle Busch got together over in turn number 11, kicked up so much smoke nobody could see what was going down there, Barn. But uh, they have uh, rolled away. Matter of fact, are both running quite well on the race course. Kyle is in the 10th position and Carl Edwards there in the 8th spot. So apparently not too much trouble there anyway. Yeah, apparently not. Uh, at 40 laps complete right now. Kind of looking back through the scoring monitor here and surprised at some guys we thought might be up there in contention. P.J. Jones, one of the best road racers in the business, is not... He stayed up there, what, a little bit in the early going, then he dropped back, and now he's all the way back in 33rd place. And Robbie Gordon, we just I almost knew that he would be in the top five or ten for the better part of the day. Not the case right now. He's all the way back in 34th. Casey Kane's not having the best of days here. Casey shows in 35th. And several guys have had some problems that we thought might be able to get up around the top ten have yet to do it. Terry Labonte, one of the best road racers that we have in uh, this business and has been for a lot of years. Yeah, won the first race here at Watkins Glen in the Nextel Cup race and had a couple of victories in Bush Series competition as well. But remember, we're using some sort of strange pitting strategy here today. What is good now may not be good later on when it really counts uh, or vice versa. And so a lot of these guys buried back in the back will have a time to uh, work it out. And it may work out depending on how they've planned their pitting strategy. Pace car behind the pit wall, Stewart. Comes up through the gearbox, heads off into turn number one, tries to put a little daylight between himself and Jeff Gordon and Earnhardt Jr. Won't be able to put very much, though. Maybe a couple of car lengths. Single file, they go to turn one. Tony Stewart on the go, but he's got some company. Jeff Gordon snuggled up right underneath his rear wing as they exit turn number one. Gordon's got a little heat on his back bumper in the person of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Right behind them, Jimmy Johnson slides to driver's right. He's going to take the number four spot away from Denny Hamlin as they work up the hill and out of the back. Straight away led by Tony Stewart. Fourth gear for the leaders up the back straightaway. Full throttle, and now they begin to set up for the interloop. They'll downshift to second, hard on the brakes and then that combination of corners that's very treacherous here at Watkins Glen, the interloop. Leaders now clear that interloop, and it's Tony Stewart bringing the field back to this end of the racetrack. Leads by two car lengths over Jeff Gordon, two back to Dale Earnhardt Jr., and four back to Jimmy Johnson, who's got company in his back door. And they exit off at turn number nine to driver's right, then they swing all the way over to the left side of the racetrack to set up for the 90-degree turn 10 left-hand turn. Here they come. Tony Stewart is right there. Jeff Gordon, Dale Jr., Jimmy Johnson, and Denny Hamlin. That is your top five. Second gear, short blast up to turn number 11 in the right-hand 90-degree turn. It brings them back down this front stretch here. Two laps shy of the halfway point of today's race. Gordon rides along in the second spot. No one stepping out of line among the top five or six guys right now. A little bit further back, a couple of guys tightening up a little bit. Boris said there, trying to hold off a challenger behind him. Jeff Green and Casey Mears closing in in that battle as they head to turn two. Casey Mears took a look to the outside of the Jeff Green machine. Couldn't find any room to race as they made their way through turn number one. Everybody back through the top 15. Now shorting it out. Nose to tail as they climb through the entrance. Battle for fifth tightens up. Denny Hamlin, the FedEx Chevrolet in fifth. Kurt Busch right behind him in the Miller Lite Dodge. They come to the entrance of the inner loop, separated by one car length. Here is Hamlin, powders the face of Kurt Busch. 
dust flying now as they leave the inner loop, and it's going to be Hamlin that's going to pad that advantage, but Bush back on the charge. Chops it down to a car length as he exit turn nine. Kurt Bush is right there. Who's got the most momentum that they carry off of turn number nine? Down that short chute. Kurt Bush still right there, but advantage is going to go to Denny Hamlin as they get back to turn number 10. He's got about two car lengths, but he slips up the racetrack. Bush with the momentum. Going to draw right up behind that FedEx Chevrolet. He may take a look off of turn number 11. Hey, what Denny Hamlin's been a pretty good road racer, though, in what few races he has been in at different road courses that we've run around the years. Very smooth going around the racetrack, but right now he better be smooth going down into one and heading over to the S's or he's going to lose turn that one and it's the leader. Tony Stewart overdrives it into one and he loops the car around. Trying to refire the machine. He relights it, pulls away, but he's going all the way back out of the top 15, maybe the top 20. By the time he gets that Chevrolet righted, Jeff Gordon inherits the lead in turn five. Jeff Gordon, the race leader now, working through the inner loop with Junior right behind him. Then Jimmy Johnson and Denny Hamlin as they head to Jeff Striegel. Well, we're waiting for him to come off of turn number nine, but the new race leader is going to be Jeff Gordon as Tony Stewart goes off of turn number one, waiting for Jeff Gordon to peak off of turn number nine. He's got a whole bunch of company when he gets back. Here he comes now. Jeff Gordon, advantage about ten car lengths back to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jimmy Johnson goes in that third spot, and Gordon can't believe what he sees. Nobody in front of him. He looks in that rearview mirror. The Budweiser Chevrolet is there. Then comes Jimmy Johnson, and I've got to look a long way back before I can even begin to see Tony Stewart. Tony just now entering into turn number 10 while Jeff Gordon's already on the front straightaway. It's got to be a heartbreaker for Tony Stewart. You know he's pounding that steering wheel mad at himself right now for getting off the course down there, but it's easy to do. Yeah, it is, and uh, Dave Moody, you have a good view of that from your position there. Going off into that corner, there's a lot of speed you haul off in there, and it's easy to slip, and it doesn't take much. That's exactly right, Joe. A little bit too much, and you're over the top in turn one on that hard right-hander. I don't know if maybe there was a brake problem for Tony Stewart, and he didn't get the car wowed down the way he wanted to, or maybe just a momentary lapse in time. Concentration. It looks like the car is back up to speed now. He has just overhauled J.J. Yaley. He's off in pursuit of Jeff Green as they race to the backstretch. As Tony Stewart comes to the back straightaway, Jeff Gordon has already cleared the inner loop. The race leader, a second out in front of Dale Earnhardt Jr. Another three car lengths back to Jimmy Johnson, two back to Denny Hamlin, and another two back to Kurt Busch as they exit turn nine. And right behind him comes Juan Pablo Montoya, then it's Carl Edwards and Kevin Harvick as they stream off of turn number nine. Gordon continues with that advantage. Make it 10 car lengths over Dale Earnhardt Jr. Three back to Jimmy Johnson. And again, we look back, way back. And Tony Stewart's trying to claw his way back up towards the front. He's just got by one machine. Now he's going to put Jeff Green behind him. So Stewart's on the recharge. Yeah, I imagine he is really ready to kind of, like I said, make a little bit mad at himself down there. And when Tony gets a, a little bit mad at himself, He's really going to get on top of that wheel and try to work his way back up to the front of the field. Still got a long ways to go as they cross the line and work their way back into turn number one. But for Tony Stewart back in 18th position, Dave Moody, he's still got time to get it done. Well, he's got some time, and he certainly appears to have race car enough to get the job done. He's passed the Jeff Green machine, left him about five car lengths in his rear view mirror. Next ahead will be Casey Mears for Tony Stewart, who I'm sure is spinning nails right about now. But they say a mad Tony Stewart is a fast Tony Stewart. 
Tony Stewart's got a lot of ground to make up to catch the race leader, and he's got a decent piece of real estate before he catches Casey Mears. Here he comes off the end of the back straightaway. He's got five car lengths to make up before he gets to the National Guard Chevrolet of Casey Mears, but he's long left. Jeff Green in the rearview mirror. Tony Stewart at the bottom of turn nine, headed to the short straightaway. Still about five car lengths as they come off of turn number nine, but Tony Stewart with all that momentum. As you can hear in the background, the leaders are long since, long gone, but a whole bunch of cars in front of Tony Stewart. Casey Mears, Clint Boyer, Ron Fellows, Jeff Burton, Reed Sorensen, and Tony Stewart's got his sights set on all of them. That's going to make the second half of this race really interesting to see Tony Stewart charging back up to the pack, and you know what? I bet he'll be there before the thing is over. Right now, Jeff Gordon leads just past the halfway mark. Dale Earnhardt Jr. second, Jimmy Johnson third, Denny Hamlin fourth, and Kurt Busch is running in fifth with 43 laps to go. We've had five lead changes among four drivers today. The caution flag has waved three times since the drop of the green flag, and so far, 39 of the 43 starters are still on the lead lap. 41 laps to go in the Centurion at the Glen here at Watkins Glen International this afternoon. Jeff Gordon, the most recent leader. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is in the second position. Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, and Kurt Busch, the rest of the front five. Update on Tony Stewart. He continues moving up now in the 16th position after finally getting by Jeff Green. And Casey Mears, if you weren't listening a few laps ago, he spun while leading, turning off into turn number one there, just kind of wheel hopped the car, fell back in line in the 18th position, and now he's trying to charge back up through the field. Let's check down on his pit with Winston Kelly and see what they're saying. Any concern there, Winston? Well, yeah, they're concerned that they fell back to 20th, but they're already making their way back up through the field. His report back to the pit was very brief. He apologized to the crew and said he wheel hopped it going into turn number one that got it off course. He spun around and lost all those positions. But that car's been awfully strong and they're very confident in their driver. And if we're going to have another caution flag, he should be able to close back up on folks. So they're not so concerned that they can't win the race. It's just going to be a lot harder than it would have been. Jeff Gordon's crew also not concerned, at least at this point in the race. He said the car is horrible on new tires and it gets just a little bit better. He's been fairly loose all day long, but he's got clean and green road ahead of him. Jimmy Johnson's trying to save fuel. They came in on lap 24. That was a little bit earlier than what their window was. Juan Pablo Montoya started 18th, currently running in sixth. Car didn't have enough forward bright on the first run, and now it's sliding around a bit, so they're going to go back in the other direction on the air pressure adjustment there. But that's another car worthy of keeping our eye on the rest of the day, the big red Dodge. Now let's go to the midsection of Pit Road and Steve Post. What a solid run. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is having today aboard the Budweiser Chevy. Look back a week ago, finished second at Pocono and lost ground, dropped out of the top 12 in points. Junior knew they needed to rally back and have a good day. Right now he's running in the second spot. It's been very quiet, almost very serious on the radio, and a lot of times Junior's cutting up with the crew, no cutting up today. Said the car was very, very good. Tony Uri Jr., minor adjustments on that pit stop on lap number 24. They feel like they're good to go the distance on one more stop, so they're just calculating when they need to do that. I want to keep Junior up inside the top five to see if he can climb back in the top 12 in points. And, you know, the top five is not an impossibility here for Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's done it twice before at Watkins Glen. He's hoping for the third top five here at the Glen here this afternoon. Glen Jarrett. And down at this end, Steve Post, it seems we have it. I'm looking at the uh, uh, Nextel Vision screen right now, and we see the uh, target car. I believe that's the target car. has stopped somewhere on the racetrack. That's Reed Sorensen who's just spun it around in turn number one, trying to refire the machine, but having no luck at doing that. The entire field has gone streaming by. Reed Sorensen's target Dodd sits stranded at the exit of turn one. 
that might bring out a full course caution. We'll wait and see as the field comes out of the turn 11 area, heads back down to the start finish line, and indeed the yellow flag is being waved for the fourth time this afternoon. Caution out at lap 52. Under caution here at Watkins Glen after Reed Sorensen stalled over in the S's. He spun, then couldn't get the car started. There was another incident in front of Jeff Striegel. Well, it happened just off of turn number 11, Joe. Juan Pablo Montoya got into the right rear quarter of Jimmy Johnson's Chevrolet and spent, sent Jimmy spinning. Jimmy was able to rebound, though. He's tucked in line in ninth, and Juan Pablo Montoya, about three up, he starts in the sixth spot. 36 laps to go. We're going back to green. Green flag goes back in the air. Field heads off to turn number one. Jeff Gordon, Bobby Labonte being posted as a leader right now. Apparently he did not come onto pit road. Neither did Jeremy Mayfield or Dave Blaney or Casey Kane. Gordon restarts in sixth place. He's going to have a lot of company as he heads over toward the S's. Major league log jam from third place on back. Casey Kane dumps under Dave Blaney. He'll take over the third spot, pushes Blaney back to fourth. And Jeff Gordon, Dale Jr., Kurt Busch, Carl Edwards, Juan Pablo Montoya as a huge pack of traffic comes streaming up the hill in turn four. Here they come up the back straightaway. Race leader Bobby Labonte brings the field to the inner loop. He is through turns five and six, and he's one car length. Make that two ahead of Jeremy Mayfield. They spill out onto turn number nine. Traffic stacks up from third on back. Here's Casey Kane. Also, Dave Blaney is there. Then you get back to Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and others as they race downhill off turn nine. Well, Dave Blaney looks in the rearview mirror. He sees a DuPont Chevrolet. Jeff Gordon is right there. Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Kurt Busch, all of them right there. Single file back to turn 10. Bobby Labonte is through it. Jeremy Mayfield is through it. So is Casey Kane, Dave Blaney, and Jeff Gordon. That is your top five. Tony Stewart is back in about 16th position. Is he doing anything over there at all in the S's? Doing everything he can right now, Barney. He's closing in on the back bumper of the Ryan Newman machine as Newman trails Robbie Gordon up through the S's. Tony Stewart, hard on the hammer, made his way past Morissette, and he's looking for more. Tony Stewart posted in the 16th position right now. He comes up the hill. He's leaving turn four and closing in on more cars in front of him. The first one he'll size up, that's Ryan Newman's bright orange and red Dodge Charger. Make that Impal, or uh, Avenger, that is, and they stack it up now as Robbie Gordon, directly ahead of Newman, closes in on the Kevin Harvick car. They'll stack it up, and here's Stewart stepping to the outside. That's going to be a tough way to get the pass done, and now they flare out right in front of Tony, but he is looking inside and looking outside, and he will drop to the inside to try to get a run on Ryan Newman. Not good enough, though. Newman will beat him back to turn number 10. Newman riding behind Robbie Gordon, and right behind Tony Stewart is Ron Fellow. At the line, Bobby Labonte begins to pull away from Jeremy Mayfield. Again, the good battling further back. Kurt Busch going after Dale Earnhardt Jr. This is for the sixth position. They're side by side in one. Kurt Busch down to the inside will make the pass on Dale Jr. The door is open for Carl Edwards. Tries to put his foot in the door, but Jr. shuts him down at the exit to the corner. Carl Edwards not done yet. Continues to fight on the back bumper of the Dale Earnhardt Jr. Chevrolet. Edwards has got a rearview mirror full of one. Pablo Montoya and Denny Hamlin. Stacking up from seventh on back. Dale Earnhardt Jr. rides in seventh. The Budweiser Chevrolet comes to the entrance of the inner loop. And behind them, they're stacking it up. Here's Denny Hamlin charging to the inside of Juan Pablo Montoya. Hooks the rumble strips and has to bail out. They almost wanted that up at the entrance to the inner loop. Montoya, though, slides it wide at the entrance of turn number nine. Downstairs goes open. Montoya way wide. 
and almost over the berm off the exit of turn number nine. He's going to get it gathered back up, and he's going to lose several spots, at least track position spots in the process. Now he'll just try to regather and regroup and try to run down Denny Hamlin. He lost about five, maybe six car lengths to Denny. He's through turn 10. Jimmy Johnson right behind him. Then comes Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. And Tony Stewart is on the move, looking to the outside of Ryan Newman in turn 11. Tony's doing everything but throwing that car clear out of the racetrack. He's driving it at the bottom. He's driving outside, hitting the dirt in a couple of places. He is really on top of that wheel, determined. We have a new leader here at Watkins Glen. Jeremy Mayfield takes over because Bobby Labonte is making a pit stop. He brings the Betty Crocker, Cheerios Dodge, into the attention of Paul Andrews and the crew. They've already completed left side work. Now the jack goes under the right side of the car. The right side tires go on. Two Kansas Sunoco Racing Fuel last in. On lap 28, this is the final pit stop. Bobby Labonte back out onto the racetrack and going for the finish. Winston Kelly looked like a few cars down toward you. J.J. Yaley in on lap 58, fuel only. Lap 56, it was Casey Mears, same situation. So now the guy's starting to count the race down from the uh, end of the race backwards. So expect guys to come in anytime in the next several laps. Pit board going out for Casey Kane next. All right, some of the strategy being planned here in the final laps of today's race with 32 to go. The strategy is being brought to you by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Let's check in with Steve Post. While they're working on the strategy here, watching the, watching the number of laps that they've ran, that caution, the last one came out at 53. That's 37 laps from the end. Now, we speculated that that was a little at the outside end. However, Pete Sorensen, with his crew chief, Jimmy Yellich, ran 37 laps in that last run. So it is going to be interesting to see if anyone gambles and rolls the dice to try to go the distance here. Going to be a long way to go, and that does not account for green-white checkers. More pit work now on the midsection of pit road. Jeff Green has his car in. Johnny Sauter is in. Elliot Sadler in. These guys know they cannot make the distance, and so they are coming in now and topping it off. So I would not be surprised to see Madrid majority of the teams come in because that 37 laps is a long way to go. Winston Kelly. Casey Kane just leaves. They topped it off with fuel. Same thing now for the machine of Kyle Busch. The Kellogg Chevy pulls away. 3.27 seconds to stop there. Anybody in front of you, Glenn? Yeah, the guys reaching their fuel window down here, Winston, were uh, Bill, uh, Bill Elliott. Uh, Boris said in the 21 car, and also P.J. Jones have made their stop. So uh, all those guys should be good to go on fuel for the rest of the race, hoping that the thing runs out green. And we'll see what happens. Strategy is the key word right now. And this race is up for grabs for just about anybody. Tell you what, it comes down to what some of these guys did early on this afternoon, how it's going to play out here in the final 28 laps. Barney gave you the top 10. Let's take you further down the leaderboard. Jimmy Johnson, he's shown on 11th. 12th is Robbie Gordon. Ryan Newman is 13th. Clint Boyer, 14th. And Paul Menard is in 15th. 16th now, Matt Kenseth, 17th is Jeff Burton, 18th is Jamie McMurray, 19th Greg Biffle, 20th Ron Fellows, Ricky Rudd is 21st, David Stremme 22nd, David Gilliland 23rd, 24th Terry Labonte, 25th is David Reagan, 26th Patrick Carpentier, 27th Casey Kane, Dave Blaney 28th, J.J. Yaley 29th, and Boris said 30th. Kyle Busch is posted 31st, Jeff Green 32nd, Bobby Labonte 33rd, Elliott Sadler 34th, P.J. Jones would be 35th, Johnny Sauter 36th, Casey Mears 37th, Dale Jarrett in 38th position, Kenny Wallace 39th, Brian Vickers 40th, Reed Sorensen 41st, 42nd, Regan Smith, and Kyle Petty is 43rd. Trouble in turn number one, Ryan Newman and a couple of other cars have gone for a long spin, and there's trouble for Dale Earnhardt Jr., who just moments before went way wide in turn number one, up over the berm. He may have a flat left front tire. He is limping at
some speed down the back straightaway. He was going to have a good day, but right now he's going to lose a lot of ground. Let's pick him up on the course. Barney, he's heading up the back straightaway, and everybody is passing Dale Earnhardt Jr. Off the pace to the outside of the racetrack, and the entire field is making its way by Dale Jr., who now does a crossover move, dives it down to the inside of the racetrack, and he is limping that car home at best. Caution flag is out for debris on the course. Steve Post, what's the problem with Junior? The engine has gone away. They're not sure what the problem is. The crew is already making their way back to the garage, so a good day for the Budweiser Chevy has gone away. He's going to take it back to the garage. They're going to check it out, but uh, they do not have much hope of finding any good news under the hood of that car. And he's just parked it in the inner loop. He has coasted to a halt, pulled it off to the side of the road, and he's waiting for a tow truck. You can uh, The lights are out underneath the hood of the Budweiser Chevy. Where was it recently he lost an engine? Just a couple of weeks ago, I forget where we were. It all runs together after you've been doing this for as long as we have. But, uh, yeah, Junior again having problems. And this is huge for him because oh, we yeah. told you he was running uh, second most of the day, had been a real strong contender, had worked his way back in the top 12 into the chase picture with only four races to go after today. This, of course, Steve Post is going to drop in out of that window again. Joe, you're absolutely right. It was two races ago at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, late in the race, running inside the top five, engine failure as well. So right now, things not good under the hood of the Budweiser Chevy. These are two races. He's been running inside of the top five, and we talked about it earlier. He's 13th in the point standings, only a few points behind Kurt Busch entering this race. This a pretty strong blow to this team because they're not going to have a good finish today here at the Glen. We're down to 26 laps to go under caution for the fifth time today at Watkins Glen. Field should be getting the indication going back to green this time around as they roll up to turns 9 and 10 right now. Again, it's going to be Jeff Gordon at the front of the field. Looks like he's going to have another great day here. Joe, if he doesn't have any kind of problem, he has certainly dominated this road course over the years. He's been strong here four times going to victory lane. As we said, in Finneon Raceways, he would have been even better for him. He's won five times there and, uh, of course, got the uh, little extra bonus of starting up front because qualifying was rained out here on Friday afternoon, so they set the field by the rule book, and Jeff started up front, the most uh, favored position to start on a road course without a doubt. And now that's where he is, getting close to when it really matters, down to 25 laps to go. They line up for the restart, coming down to the stripe, and it is Carl Edwards now lined up in second, Denny Hamlin third, Juan Pablo Montoya fourth, and Tony Stewart fifth, and it's on three wide already as Harvick goes all the way to the edge of the racetrack in turn one. Kevin Harvick charging down low, closer to the front, nearly contact between the two leaders. Had to get into the brakes hard, did Carl Edwards to keep out of the back bumper of the Jeff Gordon machine, and he's in hot pursuit as they head up the hill. Jeff Gordon by less than a car length, Edwards second, Denny Hamlin, then five back to Tony Stewart and one top of the Montoya. Carl Edwards now going into blocking mode as he's trying to hold off Denny Hamlin and at the same time go after the lead. Here's Edwards to the inside. He's not going to take the top spot. Quickly snaps his office depot forward in line and Denny Hamlin is there. Stalking his every move. They are out of the inner loop. They are running downhill through turn nine. Battle for second. He's headed to the short straightaway. Carl Edwards has got it. How long can he hold on? Denny Hamlin is right there. Then comes Tony Stewart. Hamlin breaks out of line. Drops to the inside. He's going to try to outbreak Carl Edwards in turn number ten. He's got that inside preferred groove and Denny Hamlin grabs the second spot away from Edwards and here comes Stewart. He goes to work on the back end of Carl Edwards. Turning the wick up here at Watkins Glen as we wind down to just 23 laps left to go. From second place on back, it's been a pretty good hornet's nest for the last couple of laps as they work their way across the line and back into turn one. NASCAR fans, 
Get ready for back to school with gear at the NASCAR.com Superstore. Save 15% on your order when you enter MRN at the checkout. They're in the S's. And the battle is hot and heavy for second. Carl Edwards on the inside. Denny Hamlin outside. Tony Stewart thought three wide. That's not going to work up through the S's. Hamlin squeezes by. we got trouble up through the S's now. Matt Kenseth gets into it with Paul Menard and Jeff Burton. Heavy damage on the Jeff Burton machine. Into the wall goes Casey Kane. He side slaps off the guardrail. Amazingly, everybody's still rolling, but at least a half a dozen cars with damage. And there's trouble in the inner loop. Denny Hamlin, Tony Stewart all get together. Hamlin's in the grass. Stewart's in the grass. Edward looks on. Hamlin, Stewart sorted out there side by side off turn nine. And they are still side by side. Tony Stewart on the outside kicks up the grass to his inside as Denny Hamlin. It's a drag race back to turn number three. Jeff Gordon will be the first one back to turn ten. Still side by side. Stewart and Hamlin. As a result of all that, the caution flag is coming out. Debris kicked up on the race course in the S's and out at the inner loop. We'll cover those incidents in a moment. First, let's hear from Dale Earnhardt Jr., who's in the garage. And the first thing he wanted to know, guys, was what was going on out on the racetrack. He was interested in that melee going on out there. But, Dale Jr., you had a great car, a solid top five car, all up in smoke. What happened? Well, we ended up uh, having an issue with the motor, and I think that uh, it was due to um, some of the downshifts I was, I was making during practice. We had... Um, we didn't turn anything over 10,000 in the race, but during practice all weekend, I was having trouble with the car. We were slow and struggling. I was using the, I was using the downshift to slow the car down and get some speed out of the thing. And we might have beat on the motor too hard this weekend, but uh, they, they're, they've been really good this year. We've had a lot of gremlins, but you know, as far as failure in parts and, and you know, rods and things like that, we haven't had them. I'm real proud of my team. They, we were terrible all weekend. That car was good during the race. It was fun to drive. I thought we were putting on a show. We were working really hard and had something to be proud of. And uh, now we're all kind of disappointed, but we'll, we'll come back next week. Well, Dale, not what you needed at this stage of the season. The chase, the cutoff is coming up soon. Can you overcome this? I'm sure we can. We've overcome a whole lot worse than this. And, uh, you know, that's saying, that's saying a lot. I think we'll be able to overcome it quite a bit. I think uh, we got a couple more races left, and uh, ain't no telling what's going to happen in them races. He's exactly right about that. And, guys, it won't be for the lack of trying. No, they've got four more shots at uh, getting themselves a position inside the top 12 to have a chance to run for the next tail championship. Jeff Gordon is the leader as they get the one-to-go signal circulating around here. Gordon, then Denny Hamlin, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, and Kevin Harvick. That's your front five. Juan Pablo Montoya is sixth. Martin Truex Jr. seventh. Jimmy Johnson eighth. Jamie McMurray ninth. And tenth now Robbie Gordon. Showing back in 11th is Greg Biffle. Matt Kenseth is 12th. 13th is Ron Fellows. Jeff Burton shows in 14th. David Stremmey's back up to 15th. David Gilliland shows in 16th. David Reagan, 17th. Ricky Rudd's 18th. 19th is Kyle Busch. 20th is Ryan Newman. 21st, J.J. Yaley. 22nd is Dave Blaney. 23rd, Boris Said. 24th, Bobby Labonte. And 25th is P.J. Jones. Lining up 26 for the restart is Elliot Sadler. Jeff Green's 27th. Casey Mears, 28th. Johnny Sauter's 29th. All these cars are on the lead lap. 30th is Kurt Busch. Jeremy Mayfield, 31st. Patrick Carpentier is 32nd. 33rd, Clint Boyer. Dale Jarrett, 34th. And 35th is Kenny Wallace. 36th, Terry Labonte. Set 37th is Paul Menard. And Casey Kane, 38th. That's the last of the cars on the lead lap. Reed Sorensen, one lap down. He's in the 39th position. Actually, he got the uh, free pass that time because of the caution. So that'll also put him on the tail end of the lead lap. Brian Vickers 
is uh, in the garage. I heard from him a few moments ago. He's shown in 40th. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is out in 41st. Regan Smith is some 10 laps down. He's still running, though, 42nd on the leaderboard. And Kyle Petty is also out of the race. He's shown in 43rd as we'll be down to 18 laps to go to wrap up the Centurion at the Glen. Take a quick poll around our turn announcers over there, over in turn in the uh, S's. What do you think? Anybody got anything for Jeff Gordon? Well, I'll tell you, Barney, it's hard to bet against Jeff Gordon on a road course, particularly here at Watkins Glen. But I'll tell you what, just for the just for the sake of irony and perhaps fate, to see Tony Stewart come back from that spin after throwing the lead away, go all the back all the way back to 20th place on the field, and slash and cut and dance his way all the way back to win this thing, it's got a nice ring to it in my mind. I, I think Stewart's got enough car to do it. If he can get enough time to work at, at Gordon, this should be a tremendous battle for the win. Mike Bagley. Yeah, Denny Hamlin's really been all over the backside of Jeff Gordon. I think Gordon's got the better hand right now. He's got a uh, clear racetrack ahead of him, but Man, you got Denny Hamlin, Tony Stewart, some of the hardest chargers in this uh, business stacked up behind him. It's a who's who, but if I had to tip my cap to someone, it'd be Jeff Gordon right now. Jeff Striegel. Going to wonder what uh, Juan Pablo Montoya has been doing to save that race car. I think he lines up back in that sixth position. We've not really talked much about him, but he's always been in the top ten. Question is, does he have enough race car to get up there and battle with Carl Edwards and Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Jeff Gordon? They're all right in front of me. Of course, Jeff Gordon's got the best seat in the house, but when he looks in that rearview mirror and sees Hamlin, Stewart, and everybody else, oh boy, hang on. This should be something special. The lights are out. Jeff Gordon's set to bring him back to the green flag. I'd hate to have those five guys he just rattled off there behind me and me trying to go for a win. I'll tell you what, and i got to kind of side with uh, Striggle out there. I think Juan Pablo Montoya has been sneaking around here all afternoon, not making a whole lot of what's been going on, and just getting set for these final laps, and we're going to see if he does have anything for those guys that are leading him. They're coming off turn 11, back to start finish, where the green flag is about to wave. Jeff Gordon with 18 laps separating him from a fifth win at Watkins Glen International. He's on the gas, pulling away from Denny Hamlin. Tony Stewart follows the tire tracks. Carl Edwards lines up in fourth, and then it's Kevin Harvick and Juan Pablo behind them, diving all the way to the inside of the track, trying to pick up some spots. Oh, and he tangles with Harvick, and they both spin. Harvick right in the middle of traffic. Everybody scattering, trying to get around. Jamie McMurray now spins as they take evasive action. Montoya, Harvick, and McMurray all around in turn one. Yellow flag is out yet another time. Let's go back over there for a quick recap of that. Juan Pablo Montoya tried to take the inside lane from Harvick, who now pulls up across the nose of the Texaco Haviland Big Red Dodge. Had the car refired, now is just sitting there looking at Juan Pablo Montoya. But I think there's a bigger problem than that for Kevin Harvick because there is fluid all over the racetrack as it's come out of that Shell Pennzoil Chevrolet. Looks like Montoya and Harvick both are going to be unable to continue. Montoya's climbing out of the car. He's going to go over and have a word with Harvick. Both of them looking over the damage. Here comes Kevin out of the cockpit of his machine. He's going over for a little chit-chat with Juan Pablo Montoya. Yeah, tempers are flaring there, kind of pushing each other just a little bit, and the NASCAR officials are on the scene. They'll get that quieted down. Also need to document, I believe Jeff Burton uh, had ended up plowing into that. He had nowhere to go, so Jeff Burton's going to have quite a bit of damage on his car. Jeff is dead in the water down there as well as a confrontation continues between Harvick and Juan Pablo Montoya. Kind of a shoving contest down there. Both in position to win the race this afternoon, and instead their cars 
off the edge of the track in turn one. Back to Dave Moody. Well, they're going at it pretty good right now, Joe. I mean, not any actual punches thrown, not that they do a whole lot of good with both drivers still with their helmets on, but a lot of, sho a lot of shoving, a lot of wild gestures being made with the uh, arms and, and, let's say, parts of the hands. Let's leave it at that as Montoya and Harvick both got together in turn number one. It looked like Montoya tried to dive to the inside at the entrance of turn one and beat him under braking. Contact was made between the two. Both of them spun around. A couple of other cars got involved, but to say that the tempers are a little bit frayed right now in turn one would be a bit of an understatement. Things have picked up business, I might say, has picked up in a hurry here, Joe. We were watching a race, then all of a sudden we are watching a shoving match, and now we're watching a shouting match. What's next? I don't know. <laughs> the fans are pretty upset as well. I can hear some of the screams going back and forth. Folks that are pulling for Juan Pablo, folks that are pulling for Kevin Harvick. Watching the replay on the uh, vision screen here, it appears that Martin Truex Jr. was behind Juan Pablo and actually got into the back of Juan Pablo's Dodge, and that's kind of what initiated the whole action there. Juan Pablo was working the inside of the racetrack in turn one to the inside of Kevin Harvick. He got jacked up there by Martin Truex Jr. That's what really started the whole thing. But, of course, Harvick didn't want to hear anything about that. He just knew he was out, and uh, Juan Pablo was the guy sitting in his door. Yeah, looking at the replay on that also, uh, this would be a good uh, football penalty for grabbing the face mask down there, <laughs> except it wouldn't be 15 yards. It would be about 2,000. <laughs> and, again, Jeff Burton, an innocent bystander, caught up in this mess as well. He was running in the 13th position at the time the incident occurred. And as far as Kevin Harvick and uh, Juan Pablo, they were up there in the top five. Now, Juan Pablo was able to drive away. He drove into the garage. The back entrance back there has now parked the car and gotten into the fire truck. They've also taken uh, Kevin Harvick back into the garage. We'll try to hear from both those drivers. That should be pretty interesting here in a few moments. Meanwhile, on the course, Jeff Gordon lines up behind the pace car. He's the race leader with Denny Hamlin second, Tony Stewart third, Carl Edwards fourth, and Jimmy Johnson now to the fifth position. And by the time we get back under the green flag, we'll be down to about 15 to go. Now, what I'm going to do is uh, I'm not going to talk or do anything anymore. I'm going to sit here and let you do the, do the race, and I'm going to watch and see what happens. <laughs> it's going to be exciting, I'll tell you that. Uh, Dave Moody, again, uh, just one of those uh, situations where uh, you can't get but so many cars at a time through turn one. Yeah, it, 10 pounds of rocks in a five-pound bag there, Joe. That's all it was, just everybody going for the same piece of real estate. Montoya, Harvick, and apparently Martin Truex Jr. as well. And as tight as that turn is, you get two cars spinning broadside and a bunch of other people are going to get a piece of the action. No doubt about it, that's exactly what happened. So two drivers that certainly had a good shot at winning this thing are, are out of the event right now, maybe three out, counting uh, Jeff Burton down there. Jeff Gordon shows as the leader. Denny Hamlin is second. Tony Stewart is third. Carl Edwards is fourth. And Jimmy Johnson is fifth. The rest of the top ten, Martin Truex Jr. is sixth. Matt Kenseth seventh. Robbie Gordon is eighth. Greg Biffle is ninth. And tenth is Ron Fellows. As we said a little bit earlier, this, this thing isn't settled yet. No, I'll tell you, 15 laps is a long ways on a road course. Real going to be interesting what's going to happen here in the final 13 laps as the field winds around this racetrack. They're just leaving the inner loop over there toward the back straightaway. Be coming down for the green flag. They'll be chasing Jeff Gordon, as we've said a half a dozen times in the last 40 minutes or so. Denny Hamlin's the man that's going to be closest to him. He restarts in second. Tony Stewart third. Carl Edwards fourth. And Martin Truex Jr. fifth. If you're wondering why, if you joined our broadcast late, we haven't talked about maybe your favorite driver that had been running in the top 10 or 12 for the better part of the day. 
Three of those drivers, Kevin Harvick, Juan Pablo Montoya, and Jeff Burton, all got caught up in an accident down in turn number one. They will not be on the racetrack for the finish. And, of course, Dale Earnhardt Jr. had an engine problem. He went out early this afternoon as a result of that. That was back at lap 67, and Jr. was on his way to a top-five finish. Maybe a win here today had ran uh, second most of the afternoon. And again, he is out early. Also, Kyle Petty went out early today. So did uh, Brian Vickers. And Regan Smith has been in and out of the garage. He's now some 12 laps down, still running in that U.S. Army Chevrolet. Here comes the field now, working off turn 10 through 10, uh, turn number 11. And they're just now pouring onto this front straightaway. Should be seeing the green flag and a resumption of the Centurion at the Glen when they come back to the start-finish line. Jeff Gordon looks, sees the pace car pull off on the pit road, and now he awaits that green flag. It is now about to wave and does now wave in the air. Denny Hamlin right up on his bumper, I mean right up underneath the car nearly as they get the start and head off to turn number one. Carl Edwards looks to the inside of Tony Stewart. Stewart, though, blocks, goes low. Carl goes to the outside, challenging for third. Side by side as they exit turn number one. Tony Stewart gets the break in that inside line. He'll get away. we got another couple of cars spinning in turn one. Big cloud of smoke as everybody takes evasive action. Jeremy Mayfield out into the dirt. Patrick Carpentier there as well. Looks like everybody's back underway as the leaders hit the top of the hill. They leave turn four, shoot up the back straightaway. Jeff Gordon in command. Here's Denny Hamlin. He wants the lead, looks down to the inside. There is nothing there, and that allows Tony Stewart to catch up. The front three literally pushing each other through the inner loop, and Hamlin trying to root and gouge his way under Jeff Gordon, leaning on him, making contact, but Gordon hangs onto the car and leads off turn nine. The top three are locked together. Tony Stewart quickly breaks out of line, flashes to the outside of Denny Hamlin, and the drag race is on. Hamlin to the inside, Stewart to the outside, battle for second, preferred groove to Hamlin, but Stewart drives around him, but Hamlin will battle back. They'll continue to go wheel to wheel for the second spot. It'll be some wild racing, already has been, and going to be even more for the final 12 laps. Here they come down to the start finish line. Jeff Gordon got breathing room. Second place, Tony Stewart. Hamlin and Carl Edwards. They beat and bang here in the front straightaway. Let's see if they get through turn one without getting off the course. The challenge now will be for third. Denny Hamlin hung out wide in that outside gray, uh, uh, lane. Hops over the berm momentarily. Carl Edwards is inside him. Edwards will take third. Here comes Jimmy Johnson trying to slide through for fourth. Hamlin slams the door in his face. Johnson will have to hang back in fifth. Sixth and a long way back is Robbie Gordon. All of that allows Jeff Gordon to scamper away with the lead. Tony Stewart in second. Here's Carl Edwards in third. Here comes Denny Hamlin now all over Edwards, trying to open up the inside line at the entrance to the inner loop. Hangs the tires off. Hamlin driving like a madman through the inner loop, trying to bypass Carl Edwards, trying to regain the ground he has lost in this half lap off of the off turn nine. And that is the battle for the third spot right now. Carl Edwards has got it. Denny Hamlin is right there. Jimmy Johnson is right there. They swap lanes coming down the short shoot. Hamlin looking to the inside on Carl Edwards. Edwards is too strong. He'll throw the block. He'll hold on to third. Hamlin fourth. Jimmy Johnson is fifth. And Robbie Gordon has gotten by Martin Truex Jr. to pick up the sixth spot. Back to the line. 11 laps to go here at Watkins Glen. Jeff Gordon's lead. Nearly a second over Tony Stewart. 
Again, the scramble from third place on back. Carl Edwards has the spot. He's now pulling away from Denny Hamlin. Jimmy Johnson and Robbie Gordon follow that car back to turn one. Johnson trying to close in on the back bumper of the Denny Hamlin machine. Hamlin, in turn, trying to rally back and mount a comeback bid against Carl Edwards. For the moment, they're each separated by about two car lengths as they climb up the banking through turn three, now turn four, and spill out onto the back straightaway. Watching the battle for third. Carl Edwards has third. Denny Hamlin right behind him in fourth, and immediately on the back straightaway. Hamlin darts out of line. Edwards tries to block him. Here's Hamlin, almost loses it in the inner loop. He's in the grass, out of control. He regains, hooks the rumble strips, and hangs on to the third spot. Carl Edwards right behind him. Jimmy Johnson there as well. Three men fighting for third with an out-of-control Denny Hamlin, and David Gilliland is around in the inner loop. One of the car spins into the gravel trap. Everybody else through. Gilliland departs the premises over here in the inner loop, but one car has spun into the gravel trap. We think it's P.J. Jones. We'll get an identifier here in just a moment when the smoke settles, and indeed it is P.J. Jones who has spun backwards in the gravel trap in the inner loop. Caution has been displayed to the field yet another time. This is the eighth one of the afternoon. Again, let's go back over to the inner loop. It's all breaking loose here in the late stages, Barney. We were watching that battle for that third spot, out while at the same time, David Gilliland and P.J. Jones got together in the inner loop. David Gilliland spun through the grass and back onto the asphalt. But right now, P.J. Jones is facing the wrong way, buried up to the axles, basically, and the tow truck is on the scene to pull the Burger King car out of the gravel trap and get P.J. Jones back in the mix. Well, we'd hope to get this thing run all the way under green flag conditions to the checkered flag. Not going to be the case. We're under caution. Ten laps to go. Jeff Gordon, though, the man out front. As we're coming off turn 11, it'll be eight laps to go to settle it here at Watkins Glen International. The green flag is waving again. Green flag goes in the air, and Jeff Gordon comes up through the gearbox, heads for second gear as they head off down to the foot of the hill to make that hard right-hand turn. Scramble's going to be back there at third place. They may get through the corner. They may not. Side by side, Denny Hamlin down to the inside. Carl Edwards on the outside, wheel to wheel, inches apart. The advantage goes to Edwards. Move Carl Edwards to the number three position now. Back goes Denny Hamlin into the fourth spot. He's going to have to fight with Jimmy Johnson, Robbie Gordon, and Martin Truex Jr. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead, four car lengths apart. That's Jeff Gordon leading the field up the back straightaway. Tony Stewart hot on his heels. At the entrance to the inner loop, Stewart smokes the brakes, shuts her down, regroups and closes in even more on Jeff Gordon. The battle for the lead, literally nose to tail. Stewart is there. Gordon better not slip or Stewart will take advantage big time off nine. Couple of Chevrolets out front. Jeff Gordon's got the lead. Tony Stewart hounds him down the short shoot back to turn number 10. Gordon's going to be the first one back. Just a half a car length back is Tony Stewart. Five back to Carl Edwards. One back to Denny Hamlin. Two back to Jimmy Johnson. That is your top five. Gordon making the right hander off a turn number 11. But he cannot pull away from Tony Stewart. Stewart stays right in his tire tracks and may be poised to make a move in turn one. Here at the start finish line, Stewart swings wide. Now looks down to the inside and closes in even more on Jeff Gordon. Tony Stewart just stalking the DuPont Chevrolet right now. The margin is down to three car lengths. Carl Edwards is not out of the picture either. He's just another three behind Tony Stewart riding in the third position. Here they come up through the S's. Jeff Gordon, two and a half, three car lengths.
strikes ahead of Tony Stewart. Another three back to Carl Edwards. Five to Denny Hamlin. Jeff Gordon very strong off turn four. Able to leg it out up the back straightaway. Stewart will close in now. Under braking. Down shifting to second gear through the inner loop. The separation to car length and a half. Stewart just slinging the Home Depot Chevrolet through the inner loop. Trying to do everything he can to catch race leader Jeff Gordon. But it's Gordon by a car length and a half. Maybe two through the downhill turn nine. And don't look now but here comes Carl Edwards in the Ford. He's just a couple of car lengths back from Tony Stewart. In fact, just two car lengths separate Gordon back to Stewart and Stewart back to Carl Edwards as they get back to turn number 10. Under braking. No advantage for Gordon. No advantage for Stewart. They stay two car lengths separated and Carl Edwards is closing in. The thing that may save some of these drivers is they're getting a little daylight between positions right now. Not much daylight between Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon about a car length. And each time they go off into turn number one, Tony moves to the outside like he's going to really put a bonsai move on and take the lead away, see if he does it again. Tries to do it, but not quite close enough to make it stick, Barney. Or maybe just try to plant an idea in Jeff Gordon's head so that he can go the other way when the chips are down. Here they come up through the S's. It's down to less than a car length. Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart run one, two to the back track. Tony Stewart getting a better run through the S's and getting a better run off turn four. That sets him up for a battle for the lead on the back straightaway. Tony Stewart breaks out of line, dives downstairs, trying to get the lead away from Jeff Gordon, and it's not going to work. Gordon shuts him down in the inner loop. Matter of fact, he'll pad the lead by two car lengths. It's four back to Carl Edwards, five back to Denny Hamlin, and four back to Jimmy Johnson as they head for the short straightaway. They swing all the way to the left side of the racetrack. Now they cross over to the right-hand side to set up for the left-hand turn number 10. And still, maybe Tony Stewart just sizing up Jeff Gordon a little bit further back. Bobby Gordon on the attack. He's under pressure from Ron Fellows as those two drivers work together. Gordon trying to get in this. He looks ahead, and Jimmy Johnson is there. Here they come to the line. Five laps to go. Jeff Gordon with the biggest lead he's had all afternoon. If anything, Carl Edwards may be tightening up on the second place of Tony Stewart. Further back, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. are going at it. This is for the eighth position, just now leaving turn one. Challenge further up. Here comes Ron Fellows making a bid to the inside on Robbie Gordon. That'll be the battle for the number six position. Fellows slides through as they make it to turn number two. Robbie Gordon tries the crossover move, but it's not there. Ron Fellows goes to the number six spot as they cross the hill. Ron Fellows has a lot of work to do, bypassing Robbie Gordon, getting that sixth position, but the front five starting to pull away for the rest of the field. Watching the battle for fourth now. Denny Hamlin, three car lengths in hand over Jimmy Johnson. They leave the inner loop and begin the downhill run through turn nine. Further back, Robbie Gordon's not done with Ron Fellows. Tried to get the inside run out of the inner loop. Fellows shut him down, and now Robbie Gordon back on the comeback trail as they head for the short shoot. Separation between those two, about five car lengths as they come off turn number nine. Already up in turn 10. Gordon, three car lengths on Stewart. Three more back to Carl Edwards. Five back to Denny Hamlin, and about another seven back to Jimmy Johnson. They're already in a turn 11. Tony Stewart probably knows or understands that he's only going to have one shot maybe at Jeff Gordon. He's got to make it work or else he's not going to have a chance to win this race. So for the moment, he just stays real close to that rear bumper as they work their way back down to turn one and two and head over toward the S's. He's Probably going to make that move where, Dave Moody? Oh, I don't know uh, right now, Barney, because Jeff Gordon's looking awfully strong. Stewart 
was up on his back bumper a couple of laps ago. Now it's about two or three car lengths. Carl Edwards is about seven or eight back. An equal gap back to Denny Hamlin. Stewart just stalking the tire tracks of the leader, Jeff Gordon. That advantage for Gordon. Seesawing back and forth. Anywhere between two car lengths and five car lengths. Now it's three as they make their way through the inner loop. Jeff Gordon clears the loop. Here's Tony Stewart doing the same. He'll lose a car length that time. Jeff Gordon trying to leg it out, trying to maintain that lead and go to the win as they exit turn nine. One of the great places to pass here at the Glen is on entrance into turn number 10, and it may be the last shot that Tony Stewart has as this race starts to wind down. Gordon, again, the first one back here. Still got another three, maybe four car lengths. Looks like he's got a, another car length advantage on Tony Stewart. Then comes Carl Edwards and Denny Hamlin. Down to three to go. Jeff Gordon trying to hold on. Tony Stewart either trying to just track him down and feel him out and see where to make the move, or maybe he just can't catch up with him. Right now, there's about five car lengths between the front two as they head back to one. Here comes Jeff Gordon off the right-hand turn number one. The advantage five, maybe even six car lengths now as Gordon and the DuPont Chevrolet begin to put this field at arm's length. Through the right-hand turn two, up the hill to three. Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards the top three, but the lead is growing for Gordon. Flat out fourth gear for Jeff Gordon up the back straightaway. Now begins to set up for the inner loop. That right-left-left-right turn combination here known as the inner loop. Down shifting to second gear. Hard on the brakes. Now through the loop and up to the gearbox and up on that gas pedal. Now he legs it out. Three car lengths the advantage for Jeff Gordon as they run downhill through turn nine. And they're going to come off of turn number nine in second gear. Jeff Gordon will pop it into third gear maybe clip fourth gear before he gets back to turn number ten. And then it's back down to second gear. Hard on the brakes. Tony Stewart right behind him. Also hard on the brakes. They'll stay second gear. Just a short little blast between ten and 11, the right-hander, Gordon's got three on Tony Stewart. Two laps to go as they come out from under the bridge, the sprint bridge, and head back down to the start-finish line. Tony Stewart has not been able to get any closer than maybe four or five car lengths, so if he's got anything left, he's probably going to have to do it in the next couple of laps. There's no probably to it. He Gordon is spins in turn one, trouble in one, and the leader has thrown it away. Jeff Gordon all by himself. It looked like he wheel-hopped it in turn one. Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards have driven by to take away the lead. Gordon gets back on track in about the eighth position. An uncharacteristic error for the master of the Glen. Jeff Gordon gives the lead away in turn one. Here comes the battle for the lead on the back straightaway. Carl Edwards all over the backside of Tony Stewart. Down, shifting, and breaking. Edwards almost gets into the back of Stewart. They sort it out through the inner loop, but Carl Edwards is there. Stewart swings wide, way at the racetrack, cuts it back to the bottom. Carl Edwards on the back bumper of race leader Tony Stewart in turn nine. And the crowd that jams along the short shoot here at the Glen is going crazy. Here comes Tony Stewart. Stalking of every move is Carl Edwards. Back to turn 10. Stewart is there. Two back to Carl Edwards. They have broken clear of Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, and now Ron Fellows. Top two are in turn 11. Yeah, they're going to settle this thing among themselves unless they run off the course and have a problem like Jeff Gordon did. Here they come to the line. White flag goes in the air. Tony Stewart is ahead of Carl Edwards by three car lengths. Let's see if they can get it through turns one and two and get up through the S's and come back for the checkered flag. Tony Stewart into turn one after throwing it away there earlier in the afternoon. Just tiptoes his way through the hard right hander. Up through the gearbox. 
Fox now as he begins the climb up the hill. Tony Stewart, two car lengths up over Kyle Edwards through turn four. Here comes Stewart, onto the back straightaway, lead in hand for the final time. Unbelievable comeback for Tony Stewart and the Home Depot Chevrolet. If Carl Edwards has anything left, now is the time to take advantage. Down shifting to second gear, hard on the brakes through the inner loop. Stewart, Edwards through cleanly, and Edwards still stalking Tony Stewart. They both sling their cars into turn nine. For the final time, Tony Stewart's lead now. Two car lengths off turn nine to the short straightaway. Carl Edwards is going to try to make one last run. The shot will be at turn number 10, and here he comes. Here comes Tony Stewart. Carl Edwards has to try to outbreak him when they get to 10. He can't do it. In fact, he may go off the racetrack. He does. Tony Stewart, long gone, headed to turn 11 in the win at the Glen. Tony Stewart works through turns 10 into turn number 11 after spinning earlier this afternoon going back to 20th. He's going to come home and win at Watkins Glen today. Tony Stewart gets the victory. Here's Denny Hamlin across the line. He'll finish second. Jimmy Johnson gets third. Ron Fellows up to fourth. Robbie Gordon finishes in the fifth spot. Again, Carl Edwards pushing hard, challenging for the win. He spins off the course. Finally, Carl will finish in the eighth position. Let's go to pit road. And a sea of orange and black getting congratulated by another group in purple and black. That would be Denny Hamlin's team coming up and congratulating Tony Stewart's team. The high fives all the way around. And Tony Stewart headed to victory lane on a road course for the sixth time in his next Hell Cup career. We'll talk to Tony Stewart in a few moments and the other drivers who finished in the top five. Again, it was Tony, Denny Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, Ron Fellows, and Robbie Gordon. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. Back here at Watson's Glen, Tony Stewart showed us what he could do here today. Again, spinning back at lap 44 off in turn one. He was leading at the time, Barney, when he wheel-hopped the car down in turn number one. Went all the way back to 20th, and we said it was going to be interesting. It sure was. He drove to the win today. Yeah, he did. We've had a little bit of everything in this one right now. Why don't we go down and see if we can catch, with, catch up with some of the guys that finished in the top five. Glenn? Well, actually walking back into the garage area, Jeff Gordon uh, talking to some of the other reporters, and uh, we'll see if we can catch up with him. As uh, Jeff walks back to the garage area, Jeff, a tough one. What happened there late in the run? Well, what happened was the team deserved to win, and the driver didn't get it done. Well, that's Jeff Gordon. You can see, boy, you could hear the frustration in his voice. Tried to get a win for Jeff Mendering there, his interim crew chief in his final run here today. Drove it off the track and did not get the victory. Let's go down to Gatorade Victory Lane. And Tony Stewart, man, I tell you what, I don't know where to start. Let's start at the beginning. You had a dominant car, and then something happened in turn number one. You went back to 20th position. Tell us what happened there, and then we'll work our way through the rest of the race. Uh, the driver screwed up. Uh, I just wheel hopped it getting down into one and uh, should have just used that more racetrack than what I did, but I made the mistake, and it was uh, – it was pretty pretty bad knowing you had the best car out there and we were giving it away like that. And we just, you know, Zippy kept me calm. Mark Robertson, my spotter, kept me calm. Just uh, we took them one at a time from there. And then you had a good run coming back up through the field. Tell us about the excursion through the inner loop there, you and Denny Hamlin on round lap 67. Hard to see where to turn <laughs> if you can't see the racetrack. So, uh, you know, I had Carl inside of me and had Denny right in front of me. I just never saw the corner. I mean, I knew where I, knew where I thought it should be, but... Uh, never did see it and and you know that's that's a cool thing about running with Denny and Carl I mean we're all three uh, hanging on for dear life and never touched each other so uh, that's kind of fun there but uh, you know didn't want that caution to come out because we got to second there and you know the caution put us back to third but uh, you know it made all right made it all right and then tell us about the pass of Denny Hamlin on lap 78. 
I uh, just, you know, got a good run down there and, you know, uh, you know, the hard thing is track position is so important with these cars. It was really hard to pass. And if you got a run, you had to, had to do everything you could to take it. But I made sure I gave him room off of one there and, uh, uh, just, you know, try to give him enough room to not get him in a bad spot. And, you know, he was racing Carl too, and I was behind us. So, uh, I was trying to keep him from getting passed by Carl, but, uh, he got by and then he got by him again. And then Carl got, got back by him. Then the end of the race, it looked like you'd had the best car all day long, but you couldn't quite chase Gordon down. Were you holding something back there? And what'd you think when you go into turn one and then he spins? Now nah, we we couldn't we couldn't do anything with him. I mean, we just all we could do is do what we did there and keep the pressure on. There were spots of the track I was faster, and you know there were spots of the track that he was faster. I mean, we we definitely had the best two cars today. And uh, you know, the, the bad thing for Jeff is he didn't have the laps like I had to come back and recover from it, but. Uh, you know, that was our only shot was just to keep the pressure on him. I mean, we um, it, these things were so aero-dependent that uh, if you you had to work really hard to get a run there. So. <laughs> As Carl Edwards comes in and gives him a congratulations, one final thought for Tony Stewart is uh, they talk about it. One final thought, six-road course win in only your ninth season. It ties you with guys like Ricky Rudd, Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, and Rusty Wallace. How does that make you feel? It's awesome. I mean, that's a that's a pretty cool group of guys to be included in. Uh, those guys were all great champions and uh, all great Nextel Cup racers. So uh, you know, to be in that group of those guys uh, is something that's pretty pretty we're pretty proud of. And you know, this whole team's always uh, taken a lot of pride in being good at our road course programs. And uh, you know, zipping these guys, we've always we always know what we need as far as how I need that car to feel on race day. And uh, you know, once we get it there, like yesterday, we stopped about 20 25 minutes early in practice because I knew we were where we wanted to be. Uh, at that point, it was just adjusting the conditions for the day. So, um, you know, we just parked it and, and waited for today. And, uh, you know, if it weren't for the fact that I screwed up and <laughs> lost us a lead in the first place, we wouldn't have had to work so hard, I don't think. Made it exciting for us third time in 2007 and 36th time in his next Hell Cup career, Tony Stewart in victory lane. Let's take a look at the rundown. Tony Stewart is down in Gatorade victory lane. Denny Hamlin finished second. Jimmy Johnson third. Fourth will go to Ron Fellows. Then fifth, Robbie Gordon. Sixth to Martin Truex Jr. Seventh to Kyle Busch. And Carl Edwards finished eighth. Jeff Gordon, despite running off the course in the final laps there, will come home ninth. Greg Biffle finished tenth. Eleventh goes to Kurt Busch. Matt Kenseth twelfth. Ryan Newman thirteenth. Boris said fifteenth. Correct me, 14th and 15th is Casey Mears. Clint Boyer rides 16th, 17th to Elliott Sadler, 18th to J.J. Yaley. Paul Menard finished 19th, and 20th will go to Jeff Green. David Stremme wound up in 21st today. Patrick Carpentier was 22nd, Johnny Sauter 23rd, Bobby Labonte 24th, and P.J. Jones came in in 25th. Casey Kane was 26th, Jeremy Mayfield 27th, Reed Sorensen 28th, Dale Jarrett 29th, and Terry Labonte came in in 30th. Kenny Wallace was 31st, David Reagan 32nd, David Gilliland 33rd, Jamie McMurray was 34th, Dave Blaney 35th, Kevin Harvick wound up in 36th, Regan Smith 37th, Ricky Rudd was 38th, Juan Pablo Montoya wound up 39th after his incident, Jeff Burton was 40th, Brian Vickers 41st, Dale Earnhardt Jr. 42nd, and Kyle Petty came in today in the 43rd position. Again, Jeff Gordon's point lead now at 349 over Denny Hamlin, and again, the top 12 with only four races to go before the chase. Inside that group now, Kurt Busch. Outside is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Ryan Newman closing in and also Greg Biffle. Their positions 13, 14, and 15th. This particular event was not the only huge competition going on this weekend in upstate New York. The 15th annual Catherine Creek Fishing Tournament took place as well at the home of Kenny and Nancy Dowd. Want to thank them, their family, neighbors, all their friends who were part of the excitement here over the weekend. Barney caught the biggest fish. I caught the most. 
certainly was nice. We thank you guys tremendously. Voices you heard on our broadcast today, Dave Moody, Mike Bagley, and Jeff Striegel on Pit Road, Winston Kelly, Steve Post, and Glenn Jarrett. Todd Costello and Thomas Cox, our broadcast engineers. The good Dr. Mike Weaver working the satellite here today. Our associate producer, Brian Nelson. Our production assistants, Paul Kersey, Paul Horvath, and Mike Dudek. And our spotters, Charlie, Linda, and Angel Cressman. Again, Tony Stewart has picked up the win here today. For Barney Hall, I'm Joe Moore. We'll talk to you next week at Michigan. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.